Hello and welcome to another edition of Max Level, a video game podcast found on Level Down Games that's posted every Monday. I'm Brian, and over there under the mask is everyone's favorite lovable luchador, El Francaro. Hey guys. So we're going to start the show off today. Before we actually get to our usual segments, before we get to how we normally start the show off, I've got two things I want to talk about here that kind of don't fit anywhere else. Uh, I thought about maybe putting one of these as our main discussion for the week, but I decided against it. So two things I want to briefly mention. The first thing is what happened at IGN over the past week. I don't know if you saw this, um, but uh, it's, it's been a major story within the gaming industry. And I think we'd be doing a disservice to ourselves as members of the same industry and our listeners who may or may not know what's going on if we didn't address this at all. So um, I'm looking at the uh, article here on Kotaku, which is one of the very first places that actually reported on this. Um, and it was by Jason Schreier. Again, I, I've, I've went on record in saying I really like Jason Schreier. I think he's one of the best actual journalists in the gaming industry. I mean, just the way he's able to dig up new stories. His writing is fantastic. Um, he has a lot of good contacts. So I always enjoy reading stuff that he actually puts time and effort into. Um, he typically writes, like like I said, some of the best stuff in the industry. So he gets scoops that no one else really does. So. Yeah, no, he's awesome. I love Jason Schreier. But um, he reported on this earlier this week, I think it was on Monday, uh, that a good chunk of the IGN staff walked out of their offices um, last Friday, which would have been Friday the 10th, um, after a former employee's sexual harassment claims came into light. Um, now, I'm not going to read this entire article because it is long, uh, and I'm not going to read like her full statement that uh, that she wrote. Um, that We're talking about former IGN employee Callie Plaggy, um, who now is a editor over at GameSpot. Um, this whole hashtag me too movement that's going on right now, uh, that a lot of people have been, you know, finally telling their stories of things that have happened to them in the past that aren't, you know, the best experiences, I guess is in, in like the simplest way to describe it. If you don't know what the, the hashtag me too movement is, look it up. Uh, it's a very serious topic, but, um, you know, she put out her story and, you know, it's something that she had been keeping inside for the better part of a few years. I'm not sure exactly when this took place, uh, but former IGN editor Vincent Genito, I guess, made some irresponsible comments towards her and actions towards her, um, you know, like not not the best and most friendly. Um, I think he actually released a statement after this all came out saying that he, he misjudged their friendship, which... It's not the best way to put it and not the way to go. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's happening a lot in this whole Me Too movement yeah. is th- these people don't realize that they're in a position of power over the other. That's exactly what this so, is. And that's what she said. Like, she, you know, I viewed him as my mentor and like he was helping me out and just took advantage of the situation. That's exactly what this is. You know, it is a deal. It's be, being your editor or being, you know, your supervisor. Or something, mm-hmm. they, they have power over you. So right. while while you should be able to feel free to come forth against your accuser, they are your boss or they are directly tied to your employment. So right. I understand why these women keep these things. You know, it's I don't I, I, I don't like that they have to keep us. It, it's sad they have to. Right. Yeah. To it, hold on to something like this. It but says it's, here that uh, she grew gradually um, uh, more uncomfortable as he made as he continued to make sexual remarks and manipulative and abusive comments towards her and one of her former co-worker or one of her co-workers. I don't know if it's a former or no, it's still current. They, I did remember in the original story someone that actually still works at IGN um, 
you know, it was her and then the one that quit, Callie Plaggy. Uh, Vincent Gianito no longer works at uh, at IGN. And uh, let me see if I can find... Yeah, here it is right here. It says, uh, this is directly from the Kotaku article. What bothered Plaggy the most, she said during a phone call with Jason Schreier, um, was what happened after she and her co-worker reported the incident to IGN's Human Resources Department in July 2016. Okay, so this was over a year ago. Okay. Pl- Plaggy said that she and the other woman, uh, other woman were told to sit and work in a glass conference room, quote, a fishbowl, well, IGN decided what to do. Then, Plaggy said, she was forced to sign a document saying that she had conducted herself inappropriately without being told what she had done. So that's that's the part that bothered her the most, that she was had to sign a piece of paper that um, that said she was in the wrong. So Unbelievable. And I think, I, I think she ended up leaving IGN shortly after that, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I feel like that's even more a bigger offense because like, she was never... At least according to that, she was never actually physically abused. This was all pure harassment. Correct. But, yes, correct. Which is which is bad on its own. I'm not discounting harassment, but no, 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 no. It's, it's terrible. But 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 but, but to say you are responsible now, mm-hmm. uh, that's unacceptable. Right. Uh, no, sure. I, I I hope she wins this case through and through because it's it's unbelievable. Right. What I what I understand is that the uh, the the human resource person that was at IGN at the time of this report is no longer there. They do have a new human resource person now. Um, and IGN did put out a statement um Jason Schreier, I don't know how he gets some of the stuff he does, but he does. He actually got the internal email sent by IGN uh, general managers and and, and executive vice president Mitch Galbraith. uh, The the email that he sent to staff after this broke on uh, after the story broke on Kotaku on Monday. I'll I'll read this because it's interesting. Uh, The email sent to IGN internal staff says all much of the understanding and progress we made as a group today is summarized in this post from our content team, which if you're interested, you can find that post on IGN.com. The content team did release a post. Uh, it's very well written. Uh, they just basically said that um, I'm not even going to paraphrase it because I don't want to say it wrong. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. It says it is clear IGN can and must do better delivering on our commitment to a safe and harassment free work environment for employees. I am taking the following steps to ensure we achieve our goals. First, I will enlist an independent expert to thoroughly examine how we handled the matter in question and more broadly, all other important aspects of creating a healthy workplace. Second, I will turn the findings and recommendations of that review into specific actions that I will share with all of you. I will be accountable to you for delivering results. Third, I will work to give HR a stronger presence throughout IGN, including outside the San Francisco office. I'm not going to reiterate IGN's commitment to a safe and harassment-free work environment. Instead, I am going to work with all of you to prove it with our actions and results from here on out. So, that's a good statement. I mean, it's, that's good. It, 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 it's, it's, it's a good thing to hear moving forward. You know, because, it's, because as they as they say, actions speak louder than words. So. I mean, good HR makes or breaks a good company. And absolutely, like if, absolutely. If, I've worked places you, that had good HR, and I've worked places that had some very, very bad HR. <laughs> exactly. Like I said, no. Thankfully, where I work now, perfect HR, love them through and through. Mm-hmm. I've worked places where I didn't want to say anything, and I was being treated like a dog. I just, it is what it is. Right. You know, it's sometimes they're there to help the company. Sometimes they're actually there to help the employee. You know, it's right. Yeah, but I don't. I don't yeah, but, but at least I, I, I'm glad there's resolution here. I'm glad the people who no, are I'm responsible glad. are gone. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad. Um, like I said, I, I don't want to. I don't want to just dwell on this topic too much. Um, but I definitely did want to bring light to it and shine some light on it here on on Max Level and through Level Down Games. Um, obviously, you know we are not affiliated with IGN and we have nothing to do with them. But um, it's still a, it's still an important topic to discuss, and especially when it's uh, when it's affected someone within our industry. Obviously, you know it's it's. 
we've never either one of us have never worked with Callie Plaggy, but um, you know, I followed her throughout her career. I, I read her stuff. I mean, she's she's a good person. So, um, you know, I, I definitely I definitely stand behind her for sure. Um, but the other thing I want to talk about before we get into our usual segments is this mess going on with Star Wars Battlefront Two. Again, this is something I thought about making the the main topic because I think we could talk about this for more than a half an hour. We probably could. <laughs> but I don't want to because it's such a mess. But yeah. um, So there's been this whole thing going on with the microtransactions in Star Wars Battlefront 2 because um, it was determined that if you were to want to own everything that Battlefront 2 has in its game... You would have to spend upwards of $2,100 or play the game total for like 150 days. Hmm. Um, and that's not just a, a couple hours here and there, 150 days. No, no. That's 150 times 24. What's that? Do the quick math. Do you even know? I don't know. It's, I, yeah, no, I'm not doing math. It's like 3,600 <laughs> hours of in-game time. I, there's not a single game I, I can think of that I put that kind of time into. I can't. I, I don't have think one. you put that. I, I, I have. I don't. I don't think you put that kind of time into work. I have. I, I really don't. I have. You think so? I have. Over ten. Over ten years. Thirteen though. years. Thirteen. Thirteen years. years. It's, okay. It's sad to say my account has like upwards of five hundred some days of play time. Uh, but that's that spread like, out between thirteen years. Thirteen years. So let's yeah. let's not kill ourselves. You're not crazy. No, no, no. There's no I mean, game, no single, there's no single like actual video game, like console game. I've put any any time into like that. No, no, no. I mean, obviously, I've I've put in three hundred hours into a game. Of course, uh, I've done that multiple times. But if, if there were a, a game like Warcraft on console that had been around for thirteen years, that keeps evolving, keeps doing things, yeah, I probably would have spent that time with it because I, I clearly have, and I'm I'm willing to do that. But you know, of that five hundred some plus days that I've played Warcraft since it released back in two thousand. 2004 um i i mean there were there were times when i was hardcore and playing like eight to ten hours a day on my you know when i wasn't working and uh, you know i had days off but now over the past five years i'm lucky if i spend five hours a week playing that game if even that so i mean i'm not playing a lot anymore i mean a lot of that time came from when i you know was hardcore playing and you know spending a lot of time but Again, that that entire time is spread out between thirteen years. They're expecting five, five, five hours a week is still only two hundred fifty hours, so you still haven't even come close. To I that, know, so. I know, but uh, they um, five hours a week. Oh, you're talking about over how long? Five hours a week is over a year. Oh, okay, okay. Years. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Oh, hell, hell. Over the 13 years, it's not even coming close. If you only play Tower no. for 13 years, you still wouldn't even come close to this. <laughs> so what they've been asking people to do is insane. So there were a lot of things that happened. Um, CNN got a hold of the story somehow. Not sure how. Uh, but they, no, they, did. they reached out to Disney to ask about this. And then Lo and behold, a few hours later, EA put out a statement saying that they were removing the microtransactions from Star Wars Battlefront 2 until a more prominent decision could be made about how to unlock the stuff in game. I think that lasted for maybe 12 hours because Star Wars Battlefront, this, this, that statement was put out on the eve of release day, it came out Thursday night, the 16th. The game came out yesterday, uh, Friday, the 17th. Um, 
as of, I think, mid-afternoon on Friday, microtransactions were back in the game, with a statement from EA saying they decided to re-enable them to allow those that wanted the accelerated progression path to get the characters, which means spending money to get the characters, the ability to do so. It's a crappy move. I'm glad I didn't buy Battlefront 2. I'm glad I canceled my pre-order weeks ago. I'm glad I actually didn't support this movement because... I literally canceled it because of the story. Uh, you're not the only one. <laughs> I don't know if you saw... Uh, I, I don't know if you I, saw I told this. you, I, I was big into the beta. I told you I pre-ordered the game. Right. I don't know if you saw uh, this. Uh, I know you're pretty active on Reddit. I know I used to be. The statement put out by EA earlier this past week, like five or six days ago of the, of the day we required. I think this came out like on Monday. Um, someone here put a, a question. Seriously, I ha I paid $80 to have Vader locked because they bought the digital deluxe edition or deluxe edition or whatever, mm -hmm. and Vader is still locked behind a paywall. The EA response was, the intent is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes. As for cost, we selected initial values based upon data from the open beta and other adjustments made to milestone rewards before launch. Among other things, we're looking at average per player credit earn rates on a daily basis and we'll be making constant adjustments to ensure that players have challenges that are compelling, rewarding, and of course, attainable via gameplay. We appreciate the candid feedback and the passion the community has put forth around the current topics here on Reddit, our forums, and across numerous social media outlets. Our team will continue to make changes and monitor community feedback and update everyone as soon as we as soon and as often as we can. This was downvoted severely. Now, take a guess. How many downvotes do you think this post got? Ooh, I see an average crappy downvote. It's like 100 to 100. I'm going to say like 2,000. 2,000. Yeah. Ready for this? <laughs> what would you have? This post is now the most downvoted post in Reddit history. We're talking 20,000? It is the most downvoted post in Reddit history. And I really don't think there's going to be a single post that will ever reach this number again. We're talking uh, way higher than 20,000. Really? Yes. This post was downvoted 675,000 times. <laughs> you know what? I have to admit, though, I'm probably one of those downvoters. I, I for sure am. I totally am. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm on Reddit right now to read that thing, and I, my downvote's right there. <laughs> I remember I, I, I never paid attention to actual the actual count on it. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it says uh, it has negative six hundred seventy five k points, <laughs> which means it probably could have more than six hundred seventy five thousand, but it's just not at six hundred seventy six or whatever yet. You, you better go karma whore somewhere to get those points back because you're never gonna get those back. <laughs> no, there's and that that unfortunately that was made by the actual EA community team account, so they're screwed. <laughs> Just go to just go to our free karma. You'll get, you, you'll get some points back. <laughs> we'll, we'll get you a negative uh, you know, six hundred and seventy-four thousand change by, by next week. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's absolutely insane. Incredible. Wow, unbelievable, man. I mean, like, it, it, it turned me off on it. Like, mm -hmm. it, me too. Me too. I, I, I rarely do I ever cancel a pre-order. Right. Yeah. So stuck it, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I, I, I thought for sure that us as a community won. Like I felt like you know, like I was actually going to contemplate maybe get this game next week now for like, the Black Friday deal. Mm -mm. 
because I thought that, hey, we won, you know, these things are going to be close, you know, there's no more microtransactions. We can still earn loot crates by playing. Yes, you can. You can still, you know, you can do it that way, but no. Suck it. Suck it long, suck it hard. Yep. All right. Okay. But those are the, two, sto- those those are the two stories I wanted to get out of the way, because like I said, they didn't really fit anywhere into the podcast. And like I said, both of those I felt needed to be addressed before we moved into the rest of the stuff. So let's continue the show with the way that we normally kick off the show. And that's with a recap of what we've been playing over the last seven days. What do you got? All right. Uh, so being that it's the game I've talked about a few times, I'm just going to kind of go over it pretty briefly. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Yes, I played it as well. Uh, I have every obtainable moon all the way up to the Seaside Kingdom, which is pretty far into the game. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like maybe three quarters of and the kingdom. And you found out that is how many moons? Uh, by the time you finish New Donk City, you will have 256 moons if you get them all that are, are physically obtainable mm-hmm. without going to other worlds. Wasn't Mario 256? No, it was Mario 128. One, 199. No, it was 128 because it was uh, 64 times 2. The, the sequel to Mario 64 that was supposed to be on the Nintendo 64, Mario Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, Mario 128. No, I, I definitely put some more time into Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, I went back. I found the coins I was missing in the um, in Bonneton, the Cap Kingdom. Uh, I went back to the are you, buy, are you buying everything? Yes. From the top of the I'm, buy, I'm buying it as I get the coins. Okay. Um, so I don't buy anything until I have all the coins in a world. And then I go to the special cap shop and buy everything at once. I have I, not changed my outfit. I, I'm continuing to wear the traditional Mario clothes. Now, uh, just is there a benefit to changing your outfit? Yes, okay. there are uh, in, in individual worlds wearing the outfit of that world. Mm-hmm. The, the cheaper of the two. Usually, there's two outfits. One's more expensive. Right. Usually, the cheaper of the two uh, will get you a power moon by going to like a certain place. Like there'll be like a club that'll only let you in if you're wearing this. So they'll let you in if you're wearing that. I don't think I so, came into one of the. I don't think I've just. I don't think I've encountered San, one of San, those yet. San, uh, I mean, the San Kingdom is one of them. Then I didn't get that moon yet, then, because I didn't know about that. Yeah. So yeah. So you, you, uh, if if you wear the the poncho and the, the hat, there's a club in in the little town. This is okay. Oh, you're dressed like us. You can come in. Uh, and you get a power moon from that. Oh, um, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I gotta go back and do that then. Uh, those, they're, they're I think I think my count. I'm at 117 power moons right now. They're, they're, you know, um, if you dress as a caveman in. Cascade Kingdom post game, you'll get one. Right, but that's um, not available to us yet. That's but, yeah, exactly, but uh, yeah. So two fifty six by the time you finish Metro Kingdom New Dunk City, which is is incredibly fun. I cannot wait for you to get there. You're going to love every second of it. Hopefully. Um, I've also I've gone back and I've been playing Injustice because the fourteenth Hellboy just came out, which is weird because we just saw that trailer a few weeks ago. We thought yeah, it was I, I, I thought that would have been out the week we saw that trailer. Like I said, I, I'm pretty sure we watched that Game Oracle's trailer two weeks ago. So. He plays. He, he plays pretty fun. I cannot wait for Fighter Pack Three. Mm-hmm. I, if you watch Game Oracles, I'm so hyped. <laughs> uh, yep. I Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, baby. TMNT. Oh yes. Um, I've been playing. What else? Have I play? Oh, um, you didn't write this down, did you? I didn't write down. I'm losing. <laughs> I played Justice. I played that. I play. I'm playing Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale series. I just finished episode four. I will do episode five soon. I thought you played four last week. No, I played three last week. I didn't realize oh, how far back I was. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I just got to do episode five uh, to finish that out, and I went no rush because I love that game. Sure. Um, but my, my my main game. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm I'm excited to hear you talk about this. I want to I want to get your uh, thoughts. In a game I haven't played in 
over 15 years. Mm-hmm. Actually came out in 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the remaster. This is Outcast Second Contact. Yeah. Uh, got a review code for it. Yeah, shout, shout, it. shout out to the team over there, and especially um, you know the the representatives at uh, at Hotwire. They definitely provided us with a code so you'd be able to play it. So, and, and I appreciate it. Like just being able to go back to this world and see how beautiful this game looks. Now, I mean, the, I, I have some nitpicky things along the way. Sure, I'm, you know, uh, as, as you would, but just going back and going to an alien world riding around the space ostrich is mm. freaking. It was fun as hell. Right. Um, now, does it look a lot better? It does look better. Okay. Um, but it's not just a reskin. I mean, like, mm-hmm. a, a reskin would do, but it's... It, you can definitely tell it's an older game. Sure, of course. Uh, there, there, are, there are some things, but this is really was one of the first big open sandbox games. Right. Uh, this, this predates GTA 3. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because um, this was 99, right? 99, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you know, the, the basic gist is it's an alien world and you're trying to find the scientists to save Earth. So you're actually, the, the game, I'm trying, trying to find a good way to parallel the people to understand. Mm-hmm. Think of Stargate. Okay. So you're, okay, so um, you're, you're, you're transported to this alien world uh, where, where the Earth scientists are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because a black hole is going to suck up the Earth and destroy it. Mm-hmm. So you are being sent to find these scientists who know way more about it than you do. Sure. <laughs> to go ahead and sa- to, to save the planet. Uh, and you interact with alien species. There's lots of quests and side missions. And it's it's very fun. Okay. Um, I, I played this back on the PC back when it originally came out. Right. Which is why was, I was excited. Was that I was excited yeah. to hear your thoughts on it because you actually have um, experience with the original. So um, the, the combat system is exactly the same. It's very much... A linear kind of shooter kind of style fight like it's they're coming at you in waves and you can kind of sidestep and but i like it you know, so it's it, not it, too it, difficult it's not too difficult um in fact you have teleportation so you can actually skip past things if you want to you know take away the, the challenge it's, it's almost turns into a puzzle element showing sure. you things that way um my, my nitpick with the game is they kept the 99 audio oh they didn't do anything like they didn't remaster anything huh no, that it's sucks. still it's. I mean, the, 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 you can definitely tell the audio is dated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very low, very low fidelity when it comes to that kind of stuff. Right. It, okay, it's, it's a nitpick. I really, it, it doesn't really detract too much from the game. I'm still enjoying myself with it. I, I, I love, I love being back in this world. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, but yeah, that's pretty. Much, I, I don't want to go too much into it because I don't want to spoil. I know it's a. I know it's a remake, and I probably couldn't spoil the game. Yeah, but but it's been so long that there's a lot of people, especially when today's exactly. generation, that haven't played this game yet. I, I don't, don't want to give. I, I really, I don't, I'm trying not to give too much away. Sure. Um, but like I said, it, it's fun. Do the quests. The, the, the aliens are definitely interesting. Uh, there's different tribes. There's more. There's like a, there's like a Neanderthal kind of tribe. There's mm-hmm. more advanced tribe. There's you're going to enjoy this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I will actually write up a review, yeah, cool, ideally cool. Within, within the next week or so. Cool. Uh, I, I just I want to put a little more time in to see if anything else was changed. But so far, so good. Mm-hmm. Cool. And you're you're capturing footage, right? I am. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Left and right. I got my my, ter- my, my, my two terabyte external just in case. Cool. <laughs> just make it sure because I, I definitely want to have enough oh, footage yeah. for the review. <laughs> of course, of course. I got you. <laughs> um. That's all I've been playing. Uh, I would have been talking about Star Wars, but uh, I canceled that. Yeah, you know, for good reason. For good reason. 
Damn good reason. Um, okay, well, as I already mentioned, I definitely put some more time into Super Mario Odyssey. Um, I'm up to, like I said, I think my official count is 117 moons. Um, not nowhere near as far as you are yet, though. So I'm still trying to catch up. I don't think I'm going to catch up. I think you definitely will finish. What, 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 what world are you in? Uh, the wood. In the world, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the wood is a fun world. Yeah, it's I love it. definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's actually a whole underworld to it. Yeah, so. I love it. It's so much fun. Um, so I'm not going to spend much time talking about Mario. I, I piggybacked you off off of it earlier, yeah. like we always do. Um, I also briefly am going to mention I did put some more time into World of Warcraft. Um, like I said, I definitely have been going back and playing it more often enough to where I can I think I can should talk about it on the podcast. Because um, like I said, when I when I jump in for like five or ten minutes or a half hour or an hour here and there throughout the week, I don't think that's enough to put in you know to talk about. But I definitely probably put a good three or four hours into it over the past week. Um, I got my you know I'm still working through my Demon Hunter. I could, like I mentioned last week, he's caught up on the Argus storyline campaign now. Um, but they did release a new quest line. It was short. It took maybe 20 minutes to do, um, kind of leading into the new raid. So they re- okay. they released that this past Tuesday. I did that. Like I said, it took maybe 20 minutes. Um, there's still a few things I'm working on him. I'm trying to get done. But for the most part, that character's done. I did get my Death Knight up to 100. Um, so that's done. So now I have... And, and I'm waiting. I have characters waiting in the wing. So... Um, you know, they, I'm waiting for patch 7.3.5, which is either coming before the end of the year or early next year, and that's the one that's going to change the leveling experience. Um, like, oh, so you can before. go anywhere level, right? But you can do that in Legion anyway. But it's also going to do some stuff with artifact knowledge, so that way my artifacts are not so far behind. Um, so I'm just waiting for that stuff to go before I start leveling these characters up. Um, so I have my druid, my hunter, my paladin, and my death knight all sitting there at 100, waiting to go just till this till this patch so they can go up to 110 so that they're ready to go for the next expansion. Um, I didn't put any work under the horde character yet, the uh, the undead warlock. That's I mean 735 is the patch I'm waiting for to start that character. Um, and then I've decided that I think that's gonna be it for now, like. I don't have a priest. I don't have a rogue. I don't have a shaman. I mean, I do. They're level 90s. Um, I've had them for previous expansions, but I'm kind of like going to abandon those characters, I think. Just not into it that much. Um, when Battle for Azeroth comes out, they always give you a free level boost to the current level. So I'll use the 110 level boost on either a rogue, a priest, something that I don't have, just to have another character at max level. Um, but... I, I feel like I'm pretty much caught up in Warcraft now until the next but patch. But don't you don't you get a bonus? Don't you get a bonus if you don't use the boost? For the new allied races that are coming in oh, the next expansion. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So if you start with their... Because they start at level 20. So if you start them at 20 and go up to the max level, which is 120 at that point. So if you do the 100 levels, you'll get special gear and special heirlooms and special like cosmetics and that kind of stuff. So... When I make my uh, Void Elf Mage, which is going to be my new main character for a while, just because I'm playing casually and I want a pure DPS character, I will start at level 20 and go up to 120 um, without a boost just to get that stuff. Uh, I think when I if I do make a priest, I'm going to make a new because they have the Light Sword and Dry Eye. So I think I'm gonna, if I do a priest, I'm going to have that because it just makes sense to me. And then they do have a new Torin skin called the High Mountain Torin. So I, if I ever do a shaman again, it'll probably be a horde character, and and as the, as the Torin skin because I like the Torin. They are my favorite, um, my favorite race in the horde, but I do like the undead too, which is why I'm gonna do an undead warlock. So 
you might not hear me talk about Warcraft for a bit now, because like I said, I feel like I'm caught up for the most part until I start leveling these characters mm-hmm. again, um, which I'm waiting for the patch. So until that comes, I might be leaving Warcraft off this, this segment now going forward. Um, I have a list here. Uh-oh. I decided, I, I made a promise to myself. December is kind of light. Like all that's coming out in December that I want to play is Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and Okami HD. Um, and Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus. So there are two big RPGs in there, JRPGs. You know, one of them's over 100 hours in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Tokyo Xanadu is probably 70 to 80 hours. But other than that, and that's a lot, but other than that, December is kind of light. And those are both coming the first week of December. So I want to start chipping away at my backlog. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and I have a massive backlog. Yes, you do. <laughs> so I made a list here before I can before I continue with the rest of the four games that I played, because the next game is part of my backlog. I want to list off everything that's in my backlog right now. So this is what I've got. And these are games that I've all of these games, except for a few, I've actually started, but then just have not played since they either came out or, you know, for whatever reason. So the backlog currently consists of Call of Duty World War Two, which I didn't play this week. I didn't have time. There's a massive game that took up most of my time this week that I'm getting to at the end of the segment. Um, Assassin's Creed Origins, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, .hack GU Last Recode, which I'm surprised you didn't play Wolfenstein this past week. I was focused on getting those power runs. <laughs> right. um, Cuphead, Shadow of War, and these are games that I all own. Like I, I have all of these. So these aren't just ones I need to buy and play. Like I own all these now. Uh, Shadow of War, Middle of Earth, Hellblade, Send You a Sacrifice, Dishonored, Death of the Outsider, Divinity, Original Sin 2, Elix, Life is Strange Before the Storm, Episode 2, Batman, The Enemy Within, Episode 2, the entire series of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, South Park, Fractured Butthole, I Need to Finish, Blue Reflection, Final Fantasy 15, the entirety of the season pass content. I haven't touched it yet. Okay. Finished the main game, but I haven't touched the, the season pass stuff. Uh, I need to finish Cyber Dimension Neptunia. I need to finish Exist Archive. I need to finish Final Fantasy X and X2 HD. I need to finish God Eater 2. I need to finally go back and finish Rise of the Tomb Raider. I need to finally (laughs) play the last expansion for The Witcher 3, Blood and Wine. It's the only one I haven't played yet. I played all the others. You know, that's the game I've spent like 350 hours with, talking about spending hours with a console game. That's the one that, that holds the most record for me right now on a console. I need to finish Knights of Azure 2. I need to finish World of Final Fantasy. I need to finish Dragon Quest Heroes 2. I need to finish Gravity Rush 2. I need to finish Valkyria Revolution. And by finish, I mean go back and get certain trophies. Valkyria Revolution, I actually already did finish the main story, but there's still a few trophies I want to get. Same thing with Tales of Berseria. I want to go back and get some trophies. Same thing with Danganronpa V3. I want to go back and get some trophies. I need to finish Yomawari Midnight Shadows. I need to finish E7. I need to go back and get a few trophies in Yakuza 0. And I need to go back and get a few trophies in Yakuza Kiwami. That's my backlog. I'm going to try to knock off a few of those in December. Please play Hellblade for the love of God. <laughs> I've been dying to talk to you about this game. I know. I know. Uh, it's, it's, it's an emotional story. It is. I've heard. It's very deep. I'm going to play it before. I, I'm going to make it a point to at least the ones I haven't started yet to put some time into it before our game of the, you know, our award ceremony in December. I do have a recommendation, though. When you play Hellblade, mm-hmm. and it's going to tell you in, in general, headphones. play with headphones. Headphones. Huh? I've got them. Okay, They're sitting right over there. I've got, uh, it's, I've got full you know, surround sound headphones. So 
That, that is the only way. I'm not, to play I'm not using the earbuds. <laughs> no, no. I, I, the, the, the big ones I used to wear for. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. for no, no, I have, I have, I have, I have, I have a really nice set from um, okay. from HyperX. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that. Um, so what was, what was the point? What have you actually played though? So the Which one game that I chose to play from the backlog is a game that a lot of people actually didn't like. So I wanted to go back to it, and it's a game that I played for two hours when it first came out, like over a year ago, like June or July of 2016. Played it for two hours, stopped, never went back. Star Ocean 5, Integrity and Faithlessness. I finally put that back on the PS4, because when, when we moved, everything got wiped off my PS4. I had to reinstall everything. So I, I put that back on the PS4, started playing it. I'm like 10 hours into it now. I spent a good chunk of time with it on Thursday and Friday this past week. Um, it's not as bad as I remember it being. Um, the camera still is a little wonky. It does move around and you can't like set it. And it, it's really weird how the camera works. The battle system was kind of clunky. And the game is really short. Like for an RPG, this game is 18 to 20 hours. So I'm like, I'm definitely halfway done at, at, at the 10 hour mark. Um, but... I do like Trice RPG, like JRPGs. I think they're one of the the better JRPG companies, even though they don't get a lot of rec uh, recognition. Well, they used to on the PS1 and PS2 days, but more recently they don't. Um, I, I am enjoying this game. I this came out before um, before Level Down Games was a thing, so I never had a chance to review this. I I would have probably gave it around a six if I would have actually reviewed this game for Level Down Games. Like I said it's definitely not the best RPG that that I've played. It's, it's, it's far from it, but it's, it's good enough for me. Like I like star ocean. I, the reason I bought it day one is because I wanted to support it at the full price, $60. I wanted to give as much money as I could to square Enix, to Triace to support this franchise in hopes that we'll get another one. Now we did get, you know, we got the HD version of star ocean till the end of time on the PS, you know, the PS2 game on PS4. We're getting the 4k remaster of star ocean Four: the last hope later this year, uh, later this month, actually next week uh, that comes out. So, you know, they are still throwing out things for star ocean, which gives me a slight glimmer of hope that we will see a star ocean six in the future. Um, the next game I played and I finished and I'm writing the review for is Sonic forces. So I'm not going to say much on this because I am <laughs> I am saving a lot of my my judgments for the actual written review and for the video review, which I'm hoping to have done soon. Um, I was hoping to have it up before this podcast went up, but I don't think I'm going to because it is a jam packed weekend full of wrestling stuff that you, that both El Franco and I have to attend to with uh, the NXT War Games pay per view on Saturday and then Survivor Series on Sunday. So I might not get a whole a, a chance to actually write some stuff, but it is coming soon. Same thing with the Horizon Zero Dawn, the Frozen Wilds. That review is written. I just need to actually do the video for it now. Um, so those are coming soon. Sonic Forces, though, man. Like I said, it wasn't a bad game. It wasn't terrible. Wasn't a good game either. All right. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't particularly good. Um, but so it's not a good game, not a bad game, just a game. Um, <laughs> I definitely think. It's worth playing, but I don't think it's worth playing right now for those that, that can wait. You know what I mean? So if you can wait to play this game, maybe get it a little cheaper. Probably yeah, I'll, good to do that. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, just wait. Um, because I do think you'll enjoy this game. Like I said, the, the custom character stuff is really what drives this game like this that's the best part about sonic forces is your custom character and the stuff that you can do with him and like the gameplay elements that it brings to the table it's fun that part is fun hell frank carol the bird it'll happen carol the bird 
and you can put like half masks on your face as you unlock them. So did you just did you just sell me on a luchador character? It's it's the bottom portion, not the top portion. At least I never unlocked a top portion. But you can put like a bottom bottom mask, like a face guard or kind of thing. But your eyes still show, and the top of your head. The next game I played, even though I said I wasn't going to play it last week when we talked about it. Did you play Bubsy again? No, I didn't play Bubsy. I played Schoolgirl Zombie Hunter. I am intrigued to hear this because, you know, I, I was on the side of saying that this sounds you like a good game. You actually thought this sounded like a good game. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I think you would enjoy this game. Let me just get that out of the way. So... Shout out! I don't, to, like, I, don't, I don't like the way you worded that. Shout okay. out! Shout out to James over at Axis. He decided to send me a code for this game. Um, so, Google Zombie Hunter. You're basic like the premise of the story, which is very very cheesy. Um, you are playing as these five schoolgirls in Japan inside of a high school that is being overrun by the living dead. Um, so, if you think of this game. Think, awesome. think of remember those games back in the arcade where it was just you standing behind a screen with a gun shooting at zombies as they walk towards you house of the uh, dead type stuff, yeah or, house of the dead okay. yeah things like that that's basically what this game is except with movement like free movement so you can control the the school girls you're able to move around the schools you're able to dash you're able to do that kind of stuff but it's basically zombies slowly walking towards you and you just firing a gun that has unlimited ammo. There's no ammo in this game. Um, you and I, I am going to do a review. I did take footage. I, I am going to throw up a video review on this sometime in the next few days. Um, but uh, yeah, you can keep like your guns have a set limit of ammo, like 20 out of 20 bullets or something or 80 out of 80, depending on what gun you use. Each girl has their own gun. One of them has a handgun. One has a sniper rifle. One has a shotgun. One has an assault rifle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what the other one has. But uh and you can use melee attacks too. They use like wooden swords and stuff, um, which I don't think would be very effective against a zombie. Again, sounds awesome. <laughs> but uh, they keep running towards you. You keep firing. If you hold down the R two button to fire, your your gun will just keep firing. Obviously, there's no like, and and it'll reload automatically when it runs out of bullets and just keep firing. So like that's kind of what I did. Um, it, the game is not difficult. It's not very hard. I ran through it in like a day um, through the through the entire campaign, which is kind of short. Uh, there's five actual chapters. Each chapter has like any like seven or eight so missions per chapter. It's it's not long, especially when some of the chapters can literally be finished in like an or some of the missions can be finished in like a minute. Wow. So it, it, it is kind of a quick game. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like I said, the gameplay actually is kind of fun with just mowing down hordes of zombies, which is why I think you would like this game. Uh, you haven't said a bad thing about the game yet. I, these are all high points for me. I want to play this game. The graphics are, are questionable. The story is insanely cheesy to the point where I actually was skipping story elements because I just didn't care anymore. Like I lost interest in the story by the second chapter. Um, I but the story do you need for for a zombie killing game? Oh, well, I I I would like a little bit more of a story. Um, but uh, and, and, and you know the, the last game I have to talk about is is a good point for that. But um, it's 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 interesting to say the least. One of the main mechanics of this game, here a schoolgirl. Like I told, like I said last week, there is some fan service in this game. You can so the <laughs> the zombies are semi attracted to these girls. 
So if you start getting overrun by zombies, like if they're rushing you, because as you get later and later into the chapters, like, you know, zombies glow red, they're running towards you, they're enraged. Zombies can glow green, they explode with like poison gas and that kind of stuff once you kill them. Some of them are on fire when they explode, they'll like actually like explode and cause damage. So like the zombies get harder and harder throughout the game. There's like these poison pods. Um, if you push the the trackpad on the on the DualShock 4 for the PS4, your girl will strip. <laughs> so she'll rip off her like her schoolgirl uniform, like down to her undergarments, and the zombies will focus on her clothes and not the girl. So like her clothes will sit there for like ten or twenty seconds, glowing, and the zombies are all rushing towards the clothes which lets you distract them. And like, if you're getting overrun, just start mowing them down without taking damage. Um, and you can do that as many times as you have girls in your party. So some of the missions, like you push the trackpad, the main girl that you're controlling will take her clothes off. And then um, if you push it again later and you're getting overrun, one of the other girls, if you have more than one, will take her clothes off and then so forth and so on. So like you can eventually have all five in your in your party for certain missions. So you have plenty of opportunities to distract these zombies. Uh, it's funny because they stay undressed during the cutscenes if you do that, like the, the, the ones that immediately follow. Um, it, like I said, it's total just fan service. Um, that's how I settle all my arguments in general. <laughs> just take your clothes off. <laughs> it's a sight to behold, I'm sure. But uh, HR doesn't like that, though. No, I'm sure they don't. Um, but like I said, it's it's an interesting game. Um, it's not as bad. I, I thought this was going to be like a three or a four bad in terms of a review. It's not that bad. Um, it's average. It's average at best. Um, I, I definitely think that there is enjoyment to be had, especially if you like mowing down hordes of zombies. Like, I know you do. But um, in terms of a compelling story and a compelling gameplay mechanic, there's not much there. But the last game I want to talk about is amazing. So the game that I spent the most time with this week and the reason why I couldn't get back to Call of Duty or anything else that I had planned for this week, I started, like I mentioned last week, I started The Evil Within 2 and put like maybe an hour or two hours into it before we recorded Max Level, just so I can say I started it and talk about it. I finished the game this week. Like I, like I said, what I told you we were talking about last week, the reason I didn't want to start that game is because I knew it would hook me, and I knew I wouldn't play anything else until I finished it. And that's exactly what I did. I played it all day Sunday last week, all day Monday, all day Tuesday, and all day Wednesday. For a game that isn't overly long, like, I think it can be finished in, like, less than 20 hours. I put close to 30 hours into that game because I took so much time looking around looking for collectibles. I got all of the files, all 40 out of 40. I think it's 40. I got all the locker keys, all 32 out of 32. I got all of the weapon upgrades. I tried to upgrade my character and my weapons to the max that I could using weapon parts and, you know, the green gels and the red gels. Same concept as the first Evil okay. Within. Um, the story in this game is incredible. Like, Shinji Mikami... Like, like I've mentioned before, you know, the guy behind the original Resident Evil games is such a freaking genius when it comes to survival horror that he is 100% back when it comes to the Evil Within 2. Like, I'm so excited, and I think that there is going to be an Evil Within 3. I'm so excited to see what Did the story leave itself open for that? It does leave itself open. Now, it does close a lot of things started with the first game. 
Like this, this game does wrap up a good chunk of things, but there is one okay. thing in particular that it leaves open that I think could be an entire plot point for the evil within three. I don't know cool. if they're going to do it, but it could. Um, but this game is so freaking incredible, man. Like very emotional. This game is extremely emotional. Um, the music top notch. Um, like I said, the visuals are really good. The, the art direction is really good. The voice acting is really good. And I just was really, really, really impressed with this game. It is like the perfect blend. If you took resident evil four and mixed it with silent hill and silent hill two, that's what this game is. It has like a hub world like Resident Evil 4, you know, like the the exploration, the mechanics of Resident Evil 4 set in a decaying town like Silent Hill, where things just keep disappearing and things just keep, you know, like Silent Hill, like, you know, you get like these broken streets and you can't go forward because there's no town there and exactly. like just fog everywhere. Like that's this. Like, like I said, it is as it is as if Shinji Mikami took elements of Resident Evil of Silent Hill and made the perfect survival horror game. Now it's not perfect. There are some there are a few things wrong. But in terms of a survival horror game, this game is really freaking good and I'm I'm surprised you haven't started this yet. I think you are going to absolutely you, love this. You, you you know I'm the same boat as you. That once I start playing, I know. I'm never going to sleep. I know. Uh, better than Resident Evil 6? That's not hard. Most things are. <laughs> <laughs> no, no there's uh for, for first chance I get to actually chunk some good time away and I think coming up soon I'll have some time I can actually do that right this game I'll had play. a lot of a lot of twists and turns that I didn't see coming like it, it's full of that kind of stuff and I really liked it like I said it's it had me hooked um, just the narrative that it was telling better than the first game way better than the first game ooh way that's, better that's, than that's, the first game that's, that's it's definitely encouraging way better than the first game I thought the first game was awesome I did too and this was way better um the song that we played during BG Mania, the uh, the re- the the cover of Ordinary World, is the credit song. Okay. Um, but it fits so well. <laughs> um, but that's all I've been playing this week. Like I said, I'm gonna start chipping away at the backlog soon. I- I'm probably gonna finish Star Ocean soon. I only have like ten, nine or ten hours left of that game, so I'll finish that in the next day or two. Um, I'm gonna chip away at Super Mario Odyssey the next week. Um, but then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hunker down and start you know definitely trying to play some other stuff. I want to finish Call of Duty World War II. I want to get that review done. I'm gonna make a statement here, and sure. you're not gonna believe it. Okay. But there's there's some games in the backlog. I'm actually gonna start it starting the new year. You can hold me accountable for this. Okay. I'm starting the Final Fantasy series in twenty in 2018. No shit. Start, <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I am going to start with one. Oh. And I'm going to work my way through. Chronologically, even though it's in the order of release, that's what you mean, right? Yes. Okay. Because I was going to say the Final Fantasy games are not tied to one another, except if they have a direct sequel or things like that. So trying to play like there there is no set time. I'm probably not going to play anything that's like um, like handheld. Sure, that's fine. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna play them all. My my goal, fingers crossed, God willing, is to be done with it by 2019. Okay. If you if you if you do that I've waited this long. If you do that, I want to dedicate a special segment within what we've been playing. So this will be like, I'll think of a catchy name for it, but it'll it'll be something you know in regards to El Frankero's Final Fantasy Adventures, like El Frankero's Final. 
Final Fantasy or something. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> we can do better. We'll yeah, call no, we'll definitely do better than that. But uh, I, I like I want to segment that separate from everything else that you've been playing and everything else okay. I've been playing because I want to turn that into its own thing. Because I, I do like that idea and I, I think that'd be cool. Um, but don't get discouraged by Final Fantasy 1 and 2. <laughs> I'm still going to play them just to say I have them all under my belt. Though, I so. know, but they're definitely, in terms of how enjoyable the Final Fantasy experiences are, they're near the bottom. Right there with Final Fantasy V. So, um, don't don't judge it by those two. Just, you know, tr- you know, plug through 1, 2, and 3 with the notion that you are going to get to 4, which is amazing. Then suffer through 5, and then from 6 on, you're golden. <laughs> all right. <laughs> But we're going to move on to the weekly scoop. We've got 15 items on the docket today, and I definitely broke these up again. I liked how we did it last week, so I'm going to continue to do it that way. And I actually segmented the weekly scoop into different segments now. So we're going to kick things off with a segment I call Big News. We've got two stories under this category today, uh, this week. The first one, the NPD results are in for the month of October. And we now know what the top selling games and top hardware were for the month of October. Once again, Nintendo Switch dominated in terms of hardware. Uh, they were the top-selling hardware for the month of October. Um, uh, the SNES Classic, I believe, was number two in terms of hardware. In terms of hardware, um, but in terms of year-to-date, the Sony's PlayStation Four is still the top-selling platform because of the few months that it was out before the Switch came out. The Switch hasn't been able to, you know, the, the PS4 is still selling these months that the Switch is, so the Switch has not been able to officially catch up in terms of year-to-date. But I'm interested to see what November, December do, because a lot of people are going to get the Switch for Christmas. And I'd be curious to see if the Switch can actually dethrone the PS4 in terms of year-to-date for the, for the year of 2017. It is very possible. I don't think so. It's very possible. I think they're close. They are getting close, so it is possible. Um, but in terms of software... We've got the official list. We have the top 20 games for the month of October. Number one was Middle Earth Shadow of War. Really? Yep. Best-selling game of October. Number two was Assassin's Creed Origins. Number three was Super Mario Odyssey, which is impressive. That's 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 a shocking Which is impressive because it was only on the market for four days in the month of October. Um, And it's exclusive to the Switch. And that doesn't include digital sales. So including digital sales, it could be number one um, because Nintendo doesn't include digital sales in their rankings. Okay. Number four was South Park, the Fractured Butthole. Number five was NBA 2K18. Number six was FIFA 18. Number seven was WWE 2K18. Number eight was Madden 18. Number nine was Destiny 2, which does not include Battle.net sales, so nothing on PC. Which, again, could bump that up significantly. <laughs> Number 10 was Forza Motorsport, Forza Motorsport 7. 11, Gran Turismo Sport. So it got beat by Forza. Number 12, hanging in there in the top 20, GTA 5. Always. <laughs> Number 13, The Evil Within 2, but that does not include digital sales. Number 14, Wolfenstein 2, not including digital sales. Number 15, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, no digital sales. Number 16, Mario Kart 8, with no digital sales. Number 17, Fire Emblem Warriors with no digital sales. Number 18, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Number 19, NHL 18. And number 20, Rainbow Six Siege. So? Dang. I, I, it's impressive to see Mario at 3, like you said, with only... Four days on the market and being a completely Switch exclusive. Yep. That, um, that, was, a, that, that was the console seller, in my opinion. 
Yeah. And, and Zelda, let's not kill ourselves. Yeah. And the NPD did go on to say that both Shadow of War and Assassin's Creed Origins are beating out their predecessors, like the, the two previous games um, for Assassin's Creed that was, was that Syndicate? Might have been. Yeah, and then obviously Shadow of War was a Shadow of Mordor. Shadow of War, uh, it says here, sold 20% more during its launch month than Shadow of Mordor did. And then um, it doesn't say how much Origins is beating out by Syndicate, though. So we'll see. Uh, the MP- the MPD did say that uh, role playing games are definitely on the rise in 2017, though, because of games, you know, like the the success of South Park and that kind of stuff. So, uh, which I know you had a lot of good things to say about it. I have nothing but great things to say about that game. Got one more playthrough to go, and I'm good to go. Yep, let's get that platinum. <laughs> but yeah, exciting to see the Switch still holding strong. Um, I'm curious, like I said, I'm definitely curious to see what uh, the months of November and December will bring because I definitely think that the Switch is going to be the top-selling console for both those months as well. Nothing's dethroned it since it came out, and I don't think it's going to happen. No, it'll be, it'll, it'll, be t- it'll be the top seller. It's definitely not going to be the Xbox One X. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> um, and then the, la- the last story here for the big news part is Sony announced the exhibitors and playable titles that will be shown off during the PlayStation Experience 2017 of stuff that we know. Uh, I'm not going to go down the entire list here because there is a massive amount of exhibitors and a massive amount of games that's playable. So I'm just going to pick out some big ones here. Playable at PlayStation Experience. Let's see. Dead Rising 4, Frank's Big Package, which I think comes out that week. That'll be playable there. Destiny 2 Expansion 1, The Curse of Osiris will be playable there. Detroit Become Human will be playable there. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Far Cry 5 will be playable there. Gran Turismo Sport, Guacamelee 2, playable. Okay. Which means that game's further along than I thought. Uh, Hidden Agenda, which is from the Supermassive uh, team. They made uh, Until Dawn. It's not the Until Dawn prequel, but it is a new game by them. Uh, I believe it's VR only, too. Or no, that one might be PlayLink only. Uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance, which is that new fantasy set in yeah. the actual real life 1400s. Looks super cool. Uh, Schoolgirl Zombie Hunters playable there. <laughs> Shadow of the Colossus, the remake. Sonic Forces. Sonic Mania. No, no God of War? No God of War is not playable there. Unless it hasn't been announced yet. So, I mean, like, they could. It depends on what they show during the conference. Uh, Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus will be playable there. Yakuza 6, playable there. I can't wait for that. It's gonna be Japanese though. No, that's the that's gonna guess, be that's gonna be the American one because the American version comes out in March, so that'll okay, be that'll be okay, the that'll be the localized right. version. It'll probably just be like a, a small segment of it. Oh, there's the Impatient. So the Impatient is gonna be there. That's the Until Dawn prequel, but that's under the VR section. So if so you was was that Rational Blood? No, that that the in, that's that's just the one that was on rails, like the roller coaster one. The Impatient oh. is the prequel one that's set sixty years before the story, and it's it's VR exclusive right now. Um, we watched a trailer for it. No, I, I try. You're right. You're right. There's two of them. Yeah. Maybe. But uh, if you want to check out the full list, go go check out. Um, you know, go to the PlayStation PlayStation Experience website. Check out the full list of exhibitors and list of playable titles there, because there's a massive list. Like I said, I didn't want to run it over, but I definitely wanted to shine light that that the list is now out, and there are some big games on that list. So, especially Detroit Become Human, I'm really surprised that's playable, which means oh, I, I, it's definitely it's definitely releasing in the spring. Day freaking long. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. All right. We're going to move on to the teases and leaks segment of the Weekly Scoop. We've got two stories to talk about here for this. A new Valkyria project is going to be announced soon. 
uh, the day this podcast goes up, November 20th. So unfortunately, we won't have the news until next week's max level. Um, but it is coming out the same day that this podcast is going to post. Sega is announcing a new entry in its Valkyria series, which um, you know has Valkyria Chronicles that was localized here. Valkyria Chronicles 2 and 3 were never localized in America, but then we did eventually get Valkyria Revolution, which was the fourth game, which was a totally different take on the series. Um, they've been releasing silhouettes on their website showing characters that are going to be in the game. I'm excited to see what this is. I know Valkyria Revolution did not do well here, so I'm curious what this ends up being. I'm praying it's not a mobile game. But there's a 50-50 chance it's a mobile no. game. There's a 50-50 chance it's a mobile game. Usually. <laughs> <laughs> but Sega Sega has not been uh, disappointing me as of late. They've definitely, as you'll see later on in, in the segment here, they've definitely been trying to improve their presence in North America. They've been trying to improve their JRPGs and IPs in general. So Sega, Sega is definitely trying to do things right. Um, the other story I want to talk about here under teases and leaks, we know that blue hole, the South Korean team that does player unknowns, battlegrounds, Terra, and they they just did one, the, a new MMO that we watched last week on game oracles, ascent infinite realm air. Yes. Uh, they are working on a PlayStation four and switch title targeting the Asian market and it is a new IP. So I'm curious to see what that's going to end up being. I don't know why they'd be so exclusive. You know, Frank Carroll likes to play games. It won't be exclusive to the Asian market. It's targeting the Asian market. Oh, okay. So, but it, it will, I mean, PS4 games generally come out in America regardless of, of what they are. Like, you know, it's just so popular that they're putting everything on there. Um, I'm curious to see what this is, though. PS4 and Switch exclusive. So it's leaving out Xbox One. It's leaving out PC. Because I think they feel like they gave them enough with PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. So they're probably doing something for PS4 and Switch. Yeah. But uh, I'm curious to see what it is. I'm, I'm intrigued. Let's move on to the game announcements segment of the Weekly Scoop. We've got one new game announcement this week. This is also from Sega, which is why I said Sega is definitely trying to turn things around. Uh, the latest issue of Weekly Famitsu revealed... Remember Shining Resonance, the one I talked about? A few weeks, yeah. uh, a few months back, actually, that I said I was disappointed I never got to play. They announced Shining Resonance Refrain for PlayStation 4, uh, launching in Japan on March 29th, 2018. This is so an upscale, upscaled version, or a, an upscaled version of Shining Resonance, which released on PS3, which was never localized here in North America. This is interesting to me because there is legitimately no other reason why they would port this to PS4 unless they had plans to bring it to North America. So generally when things get announced as, as a remake or a remaster on PS4 of a Japanese game, the reason behind it is that they want to put it in on North America. They want to bring it to, you know, to localize it into North America. Um, so this is really exciting for me because like I said, this is probably a 90% confirmation that this game will come to America by the end of 2018. So fingers crossed. Cause I really, really want to play this game. It looks so much like a Tales game to me. And like I said, it's been so long since I played a good Shining a Shining game. Because the Shining series used to be really good. I thought, well, fingers crossed, you know. Fingers crossed. We're going to move on to some DLC-related news. We've got three stories to mention here. The first one, ARMS version 4.0 is now available. And it added a new fighter called Misango. Um, ooh, it actually is adding a lot more than that. 
It says Nintendo's released a version 4.0 update for ARMS, adding new playable fighter Masango, the new stage Temple Grounds, three new ARMS. Oh, three new ARMS. Okay, that's not a new fighter. And more. Um, so we got a new arm called Scorpio, a new arm called Scully, a new arm called Glusher, the new stage Temple Grounds, and a new online event called Party Crash. Have you played you know ARMS yet? I have played ARMS. I think it's pretty cool that every time they do an update to the game, mm-hmm. a new character is added. And it's always free. It's always free. There's no, not, there's, there's no, they, they could hit you on DLC every step of the way, but no, they're, they're doing it all just... It's pretty cool. I'm not a big fan of the game, at least from when I played it. I, I, it didn't really hook me. Right. But it looks cool. Okay. I still haven't played it yet, so... And I don't know that I ever will. Um, we found out... Go ahead. It's, 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 I recommend you give it a shot. I mean, like... Sure. I, I mean, played, if, I ever, if I ever get a chance to, I will. I, I, I played at a GameStop. Uh, I was there. I played, I played against a kid. It whooped me. What can I say? That's because you're not good at fighting games. Me not good at fighting games? No. Me not good at shaky controller fighting games. <laughs> All right. We also found out the release schedule for the Wolfenstein 2 New Colossus DLC. So we now, we now know when all this stuff's coming out. So Episode Zero is available now. That's the one that introduced you to Joseph Stallion, Jessica Valiant, and Gerald Wilkins as they fight for freedom in the American territories. The Adventures of Gunslinger Joe, which is, it says here, as former pro- professional quarterback Joseph Stallion smashed through Nazi hordes from the ruins of Chicago to the vastness of space. This was releasing on December 14th. Okay, not too long. Two more weeks. The Diaries of Agent Silent Death. As ex-OSS agent and assassin Jessica Valiant infiltrate Nazi bunkers in California and discover the secrets of Operation San Andreas. Releasing January 30th. And then the amazing deeds of Captain Wilkins as the U.S. Army's renowned hero captains Gerald Wilkins embark on a mission to Nazi-controlled Alaska to dismantle Operation Black Sun. This was releasing in March 2018. All right. There's going to be a little bit of a gap between these two. About roughly a two-month gap between each one. I mean, it was a month and a half between the first two. So if we take that into consideration, uh, the one in March will probably be the middle of March, like right around March 15th or something like that. Um. So by the springtime, before it actually becomes spring, you'll be able to play the entirety of the Wolfenstein 2 campaign. Which I know, I know you will awesome. because I think you have the uh, I think you have the season pass, right? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> and then our final bit of DLC news, the Surge expansion, A Walk in the Park, will be launching on December 5th. Now, the Surge was, the Surge was a pretty good game. Uh, it was like the... I may have talked about this on an episode of Max Level. I never did end up doing a review for it, but I think it was the one I said was like a sci-fi Dark Souls. Okay. It was like the one where you were using robots and that kind of stuff. I believe I talked about it on an episode of Max Level, but I don't know. I, 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 remember, I remember you talking to me about this. Yeah. I used to drink the soda. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, since it came back, I actually bought a few cans. Or... <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, their, their new expansion is called A Walk in the Park, and it's coming out for PS4, Xbox One, and PC on December 5th. It looks very much like um, Fallout 4's Nuka World. Okay. So it is set in a theme park, but this theme park looks like it's a bit more vast than what Fallout 4 had. Like, it actually has more rides and uh, that kind of stuff. So curious to see what that is. Um, I probably won't end up playing that, though. Um, we're going to move on to some release dates that got confirmed over the past few weeks. Uh, not a few weeks, few days. <laughs> uh, Max, the Curse of Brotherhood will be coming to Nintendo Switch on December 21st. Dynasty Warriors 9 will be launching 
on February 13th in North America. And Atelier Liddy and Suell will be launching on March 27th in North America. So. Wow, that's, that's far away. Well, not really. A couple months. We get we usually get release dates well in advance. True. Um, we've got four stories left, and th- I put these in a segment I just titled "Random" because they didn't fit anywhere else. Kind of like the stuff we talked about at the beginning of the episode, but I don't I don't think these were big enough to really um, open a show with. But uh, speak going back to Water Warcraft here for a second. They are ditching a classic feature in Battle for Azeroth that's been around since basically day one. Um. So here, uh, this, in a statement, I forget which interview this was in during BlizzCon, but in order to provide more players with more flexibility when it comes to gear and you know equipping stuff in certain slots, Blizzard has opted to do, to do away with traditional raid class sets in Battle for Azeroth. So think really? of yeah. So think of like the hunter set, like the tier you know the tier five set or the paladin tier two set, or you know anything that is iconic that you know it, it basically what do i want to say defines your class so to speak in the way that they look they're doing away with that so that way because they feel like having set pieces and before legion there was four pieces per set uh you had the chest um the the helmet the gloves the legs and one other one that i for whatever reason i'm for shoulders uh, helmet, shoulders, chest, um, legs, gloves. So there were five, and then in Legion they added six. Uh, they add, you know they tacked on. I forget which which one they tacked on, which which piece. But um, they feel like locking sets in because once you get your set, you don't change it until the next raid comes out. Um, and back in the day, like during Vanilla Warcraft, during Burning Crusade, and even kind of somewhat Wrath of the Lich King, it took months to get your tier set if you even finished it at all. Whereas nowadays, since um, Cataclysm, Mist of Pandaria, Warlords of Draenor, or Legion, you get your set within like a week or two. And then you're literally locked to those pieces until the next raid comes out. Like even if you get something that drops, it's better in terms of stats. You keep your set because it offers additional bonuses. Um, so, you know, Blizzard feels like people aren't using the best gear that they get because they're trying. They're focusing too much on these arbitrary bonuses instead of actually getting better gear. So they're doing away with this concept, and it's pissed a lot of people off. But in, in all actuality, I'm behind this movement because, one, tier sets don't mean that much to me anyway. Um, I always got it, but I don't care for them that much. And uh, two, I like the ever-evolving gameplay design of World of Warcraft. So the reason they, they have to have a, a reason behind doing this that'll pay off eventually. Um, they, they, that's also another reason why they said that they're not going to do a lot of legendary items in battle for azeroth if they do any at all because there's so many legendary items in legion that you can equip two per character that's two more slots that you're never going to change because once you get to legendary nothing's going to beat that legendary in that slot so now if you have your six piece tier set and your two legendaries that's eight slots you're never going to change out (laughs) there's only i think 13 slots of gear in the game so you're only you know then playing around with four or five pieces of gear each raid that's stupid you should always be trying to get better gear. So I like this movement. I like this change. Who knows? Maybe it'll make you know, a little, little more varied, a little, a little more fun for everyone. So Right. Accept uh, change. Embrace it. Yes, embrace change. The next story. GameStop suspended their PowerPass used game rental service. And all I have to say about that 
is you don't say. <laughs> I didn't even know they had a used game rental service. Yeah, they did. They they launched it in uh, several test markets. Um, they basically, I I believe the way that it worked, uh, it was an unlimited used game rental service that you had to pay sixty bucks for, but you would be able to go in, pick a used game, rent it, go play it return it whenever you wanted same day next day keep it for however long you want and then rent another title as often as you wanted over a six-month period for 60 bucks so for 120 bucks a year you could go in and just keep getting used games take them back and uh you know keep doing it and uh at the end of the six-month period it says here the customer was able to select one of the games they rented in order to keep it so you're still you're still getting a game at the end of the six months but this, you, you, you could get ideally a new game out of that. You could get a new game out of it, yes. Because if you wait, eventually everything goes used at GameStop. But here's the issue with the program: GameStop makes all their money off used games. So if people were spending sixty bucks to get to join this Power Pass program, and going in and, and renting a used game and then taking it back the next week and picking out another used game, that's then forty to fifty dollars that GameStop lost because they didn't get it out of that second used game. And then again out of the third one, and again out of the fourth one, and again out of the fifth one. So if someone like you or I, who plays through a ton of games every week, and can feasibly finish a game in a few days, goes in, gets a used game, finishes it, GameStop just lost hundreds of dollars, if not more, all for 60 bucks every six months. I knew this program wasn't going to work. GameStop in general is trash. I don't like GameStop. Um, they're, not doing, they're not doing all that well anyway. GameStop will be bankrupt in the next 10 years. They will, they will go out of business. Uh, that's why they're trying to morph their stores into FYE, if you noticed. Like, they're trying to become the they've, new FYE. They've all pretty much... They, 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 you know, they have that spin-off partnership with ThinkGeek. That's all yeah. I ever see now when I go to a GameStop. It's just toys. Like, yeah. the games have been pushed back further and further and further. Like Right. They're trying to become FYE because games in general are not selling well for GameStop. Most people are buying from Amazon because of the 20% pre-order discount. Most people are buying from Best Buy because of the Gamers Club Unlock 20% discount. Amazon, or GameStop, for whatever reason, doesn't do anything like that. And I think they were dumb to never do something like that. Um but that's the GameStop is their their days are numbered, man. Their days are as a exclusive video game retailer are numbered, especially as we get more and more closer to the digital future of gaming. Their days. Are I numbered. hope they go. Out, I hope they go out of business for destroying my favorite video game store, Funko Land. How dare they? They bought Funko Land. They destroyed it. Okay, Funko Land was so much better than GameStop. Yeah, that's where I originally worked before it became a GameStop. Was Funko Land? Yeah. <laughs> um. Then once GameStop bought it, it started going downhill. <laughs> The next random story I found here, um, THQ Nordic is still on the rise of purchasing studios in terms to create new IPs for them. The most recent one they bought was Experiment 101, the studio making Biomutant. Oh, cool. So they were, they, were, they were already going to publish Biomutant for the studio, but yeah. they decided to just buy the studio. So they now own Experiment 101 and uh, the, the Biomutant IP. Biomutant still set to come out sometime early next year, though, which is kind of cool. So we'll see. Hopefully that ends up being good, because I really do want to play that. It looked interesting. It, it looked cool. Yeah. yeah, it looked real cool. And then the last story for the Weekly Scoop this week, and then we'll move on, is... Remember that whole takeover stuff that was going on with Ubisoft and Vivendi? How Vivendi was trying to take over Ubisoft? Yes. Um, Vivendi has ruled out a hostile takeover of Ubisoft for the next six months after the release of their third quarter earnings reports. So for the time being, Ubisoft can breathe easy... Because for the next six months, Vivendi is going to be uh, taking a step back. 
Now, once that six months is up, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> but um, Vivendi lost money, I believe, during their third quarter, um, which which made them decide not to pursue Ubisoft for the time being. You think Ubisoft is sitting pretty high with, you know, Ubisoft, Ubisoft in general is Vivendi is the one that lost money. Okay. Like, Vivendi is a different company. Ubisoft just had Assassin's Creed and Fractured by Hole. Ubisoft, you know, Ubisoft's just, just, doing just okay. Kill. Ubisoft's doing okay. Vivendi wants to get back into the gaming industry, so they're trying to look over for a company to take over. And Ubisoft is the one that they've been targeting. And they've been targeting Ubisoft for a hostile takeover since 2016. Um, they just keep buying stock in Ubisoft. That's how you do a hostile takeover. They just keep Take buying people's stock. over Konami. <laughs> no, no, we want Microsoft to buy Konami after last week. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's going to be it for the weekly scoop. We're going to move on to the new releases for the week of November 20th. And it's kind of a light week. We don't have much going on here. Just a few games. Uh, first of all, starting on Tuesday. No, sorry. Starting today, Monday, November 20th. We've got one game coming to Nintendo Switch called Lumo. Witness the rebirth of a genre in Lumo, a classic isometric adventure with a modern twist for gamers young and old alike. So it looks pretty cool. I think you'd be down. This looks like an Al Frank Carroll game. I know of Luma. Did we watch the trailer for this? We might have. We might have. And then uh, also today on Monday, November 20th, Battle Chef Brigade. This is coming to uh, PC and Switch, if I'm not mistaken. Battle Chef Brigade pairs combo-based hunting and puzzle-based cooking in a hand-drawn fantasy adventure. Cook your way into the brigade while subduing uh, Victusia's destructive monsters. Follow Mina and Thrash in the single-player campaign or challenge your friends on the daily leaderboards. This is one of the ones that we watched during the uh, Indie Showcase for one of the the, the Nindy Showcase. And I remember you said this actually looked kind of cool. Yeah, it was, it was like like hunting monsters and then cooking them off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you were playing like yeah. as an orc and an elf and stuff. Yep, that's this one. We're moving on to Tuesday, November 21st, coming to Nintendo Switch. Again, it's a very another heavy Switch week. Uh, Gear Club Unlimited. For the first time on Nintendo Switch, drive through an authentic world of cars with Gear Club Unlimited. Get behind the wheel of the most incredible cars for the most prestigious manufacturers. And this is the one, like I said, if you have a Switch exclusive to the... If you are an exclusive Switch owner, pick this game up because it definitely looks good enough <laughs> it looks i mean it's, it's, a, it's a simulation racer obviously in in the style of gran turismo sport in the style of forza motorsport it's not gonna be as good as those two but if you are an exclusive switch owner and you want an, a you know a game like that pick this up support it like i said it looks pretty good and this was a mobile title at one point so for being a mobile title it looks pretty good coming to playstation 4 project nimbus code mirai Project Nimbus Code Mirai is a port of Project Nimbus using Unreal Engine 4 with upgraded graphics to make for a suitable quality PlayStation 4 game. Not only have the graphics been improved, but the overall balancing has been adjusted, new actions have been added, and the user interface has been completely rebuilt. Uh, this looks like a mech game. So, if you're into mechs, eh. some people are. A lot of people are. Yeah. Uh, Transformers. Yeah. Also, on Tuesday, November 21st, Coming to Nintendo Switch, Super Sonic, or sorry, Super Beat Zonic. Experience Super Beat Zonic, the new music game sensation. Play your way through 68 unique songs and unlock tons of hidden rewards and items. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is currently available on PC, PlayStation 4 as well. So it's just, it's finally coming to the Switch. Um, is this a rhythm game? Huh? It's a rhythm game? Yes, it is. 
Also on Tuesday, November 21st, coming to PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and PC, Tiny Metal. Tiny Metal is all about the gameplay. Um, it says here, we are experienced Japanese video game developers who have come together to develop Tiny Metal. We believe that we can take, we can make world-renowned games again. Uh, I thought this was a description, but it's not. Uh, this is the one that was inspired by Advance Wars. So, okay. um, I don't need a description. I'll just say that. <laughs> uh, what else do we got? Ah, something here that you're going to like. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. What's this? Episode 3, Fractured Mask? Ah, oh, sounds like the new Batman episode. November 21st. <gasps> <laughs> okay. Okay. After an unex- maybe, maybe I will enjoy it. <laughs> After an unexpected reunion, Bruce finds his attention and his loyalty stretched in yet another direction. Now, in addition to brokering a power struggle between Commissioner Gordon and Amanda Waller, Bruce must balance romantic entanglements with his mission to infiltrate the Pact. As he plunges deeper into the criminal underworld, the villain's plans start to come into focus. But will his deceptions take a dire toll? They're going to make me choose between Harley Quinn and Catwoman? It's so hard. My, I don't, my, I don't heart, know. my heart belongs to both. I don't know. We have a trailer to watch for Game Oracles. So check that out tomorrow and see see our reactions to it. Um, especially El Frank Heroes. I'm already feeling the hype. Yeah. On Wednesday, November 22nd, Earth Defense Force 4.1 Wing Diver the Shooter is coming to PlayStation 4. Um, It says here, this depicts an incident that happened outside of the main story of Earth Defense Force 4.1. Players will be able to select from more than 60 weapons, including close combat weapons. It is fully voiced and more than 100 enemies will appear on screen at a time. These games are fun to play. Uh, they, they remind me of Musou games where you're just like battling giant ants and giant spiders and, you know, these giant insects. I, we watched a trailer for this. Uh, and we did. These are fun to play. I like these games. They look cool. <laughs> yeah, I like these games. They're fun to play. Uh, and our last game for this week, like I said, it's a very light week. Our last game is Thursday, November 23rd, coming to Nintendo Switch, Portal Knights. Leave the familiar world behind and step into the fantastic unknown with Portal Knights, a cooperative 3D sandbox action RPG. Level up your character and craft powerful gear to defeat your enemies in real-time tactical combat. Explore dozens of randomly generated islands and restore peace to a world torn apart by the fracture. I've always wanted to play Portal Knights. I never did get a chance to play it. Um, this game looks good. It actually looks really cool. But uh, Is it like, it, what kind of art style? Is it like realistic or cartoony? Um, cartoony. Definitely cartoony. Like, like Castle Crashers? Mm. No, a little bit more realistic than that. A little bit more okay. 3D than that. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think what um, what the best thing this could resemble. Uh, it, let me send, just let me send you the link. It looks kind of like that uh, Yonder game I played on PC, the one you watched me play on Twitch there for a bit. Okay. I, I um, like I said, it definitely looks like it borrows from um, the Wind Waker. Oh, a I know bit. this game. I know this game now. Just yeah. Okay. It looks Gosh. like it borrows from the Wind Waker a little bit, but it's definitely cartoony graphics. Um, but that's going to be it for this week for new releases. We're going to move on to our main discussion point for this week. So we're going to go talk about, you know, we had a segment during the weekly scoop called teases and leaks. We're going to continue that with something that I felt deserved to be the main topic for this episode. Um, and we've got a big, massive leak here that was posted on Reddit a few days back. And there's some legitimacy, legitimacy to this. 
So the person that posted this username on Reddit goes by Das Vergaben. Says here, I will start this off by saying I was the one who leaked Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Enchantress being the other characters in Fighter Pack 3 for Injustice 2. And he linked the uh, the, the links on GameFAQs where he leaked it because he leaked those on GameFAQs. Uh, he talked about um, TMNT being in Fighter Pack 3 over a month ago. So, okay. he, so he knew this well, well in advance. Um. He says here, so if you want to quickly disregard that I have sources, what I am about to say, at least take what I am saying into consideration before you quickly doubt it. I have multiple sources and for multiple things and developers. So if you're wondering how I am knowledgeable of these things, I cannot quite get into that. But what I do allows me to have these contacts. I will split this into sections by company. So I'm basically just going to read this and then we'll kind of talk about his leaks after the fact. Um, but for, for, um, for the first half of this main discussion, it's just going to be me reading his post. Okay. Um, so he started off with Capcom, more specifically with Street Fighter V, the arcade edition. Season three characters include Saget, Sakura, Cody, Sodom, and two newcomers. He said, I heard two Final Fight newcomers from one source, but Roxy and Shadaloo Doll from another. So he's not sure who the last two are. There will also be free characters added as part of the update, which are Crimson Viper, Q, Necro, and Oro said critical arts were supposed to be added upon its launch, but I am hearing that they are probably saving it for later. Color edit mode is something I was told that's going to be a new feature added. Those concerned with input lag, those fixes will most likely not be added until season four or around halfway into three to implement it. If you did not know, Unreal Engine 4 only recently put out the update and it requires quite some time to fix. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for Street Fighter V. Yeah, new I don't care. New characters. Nope, I don't care anymore. Talked about screw, screw, screw five. So sticking with Capcom, he talked about Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Okay. Which I know you do care about. I'm a little upset, but I do care still. Right. But I have I have some news that might make you happy. So I'm going to read this because this is a very big segment on Infinite here. Season two, as of the last update I heard from various sources compiled together, will be Star Lord, Miss Marvel, Osira. Gil and Lady, but the last character is one not everyone I've heard from has been able to agree on. There being multiple characters in development is likely to blame. The majority of them say Rashid, while others have said Regina, and even one said Apollo Justice. Here's where things get really interesting. All the characters that I've heard that are in development to various extents and from multiple sources, but not all saying the same things I might add, which is something strange in and of itself, include... Oh, this is a big list. Star-Lord, Ms. Marvel, Green Goblin, Wolverine, Cyclops, Psylocke, Mag uh, Magneto, Storm, Deadpool, Doctor Doom, Daredevil, Asura, Lady, Gil, Rashid, Captain Commando, Nina, Dias, Regina, Jean, Virgil, Akuma, and Apollo Justice. He said... I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say it right now. I'm just gonna put, if they do that to the game, I will buy the game. All right. Well, he, he keeps going here. Okay. He says, yeah. I did notice the curious aspect of that being 11 Marvel characters and 12 from Capcom games which would line up with the current unevenness. But when you add it all up, that's 23 characters, not 24, meaning there's still a Capcom character I don't know about, since adding these all up carries it all the way to season five if, if it's all in fact true and all the sources are correct in different ways. Uh, it says four player 2v2 mode is being added to the game, but I'm not sure when exactly. He says, I will say that despite the controversies with Marvel and the Fantastic Four in games lately, I haven't heard anything regarding scrapping Doom completely from the plans. While he isn't in the plans for next year, from what I've been told, it's not conclusive as to, as to his exclusion in the long term. I guess it could be up to some people's interpretation 
and what that means since he's not being added next year despite his popularity and all, but I wouldn't look too far into it just yet. The next section for MVCI gets absolutely wild, and so I am dedicating its own section to it. I have one source that's told me some stuff that I feel I have to share in the event it is true, but it's pretty out there. Do not take me as backing all of this either. I'm taking this myself with a grain of salt. I'm just putting it out there in the event that it has any truth to it later. They claim the game will get a free update sometime summer 2018 that is adding Deadpool, Wolverine, Daredevil, Akuma, Jean, and Virgil as free characters to the game in summer 2018. It says, I will add that I was told by that same person that Regina was originally axed similar, similarly to Ant-Man since both were actually planned to make it, but things were things came up that resulted in their discarding. Ant-Man in particular was due to technical issues like Frank West's on MVC3. I'm not totally sure where Regina's issue was, but I was told half-jokingly that it might be because of too many gun users. Um, I'm going to... He keeps... This, this segment for MVCI is so long. I'm trying to paraphrase now. Um, it says here they go on to claim game is also going to get a kind of patch to fix the graphics and art style to improve the visuals. Um, when it comes to the roster, the goal is for there to be about 58 to 60 characters in total for the game by the time all is said and done with all the season passes. Um, they want to do a tournament mode. And then he just goes on with a bunch more stuff. But the interesting stuff there is that Wolverine is being is being planned for the game. Well, the, the way I'm reading this in my personal head is I'll wait for the complete edition to come out. Yes. And if complete edition has the characters that I, you know, it's a, there's still a good roster in the game. I'm not, I'm not knocking the roster, but I'm missing the heavy hitters that I need. If they're all there, we'll be, fi- we'll be fine. Wolverine in particular for, for you. you know, complete edition. 100%. What uh, Wolverine, Spider-Man, and Venom is usually my combo, but doesn't sound like you're getting w- Spider-Man and Venom. I can sell for Wolverine, mm-hmm. uh, and then see, see if anyone else fits my fancy in that. You maybe know maybe, maybe Deadpool. I like Deadpool. I like Groot. So you know. yeah, there you go. Um, okay, well, yeah, sounds like a complete edition definitely will be coming for Marvel vs. Capcom sometime next year or maybe in 2019, which I'm sure you can wait to play it. <laughs> no problem uh, waiting. <laughs> he talked about Resident Evil 2 remake. He says here, it is a third-person game. You should finally see something from it next year if they don't put something out around the very end of the year. But last I've heard was something next year. So we'll finally see Resident Evil 2 Remake next year. Okay. This one here is the big one. He talked about, well, one of two big ones. He talked about a game that's going to be announced at PlayStation Experience at the beginning of December. That game is Devil May Cry 5. Dante, Virgil, and Nero will all be playable in the game. I don't know if that will be confirmed at PlayStation Experience in particular alongside the reveal, but multiple sources have informed me that all three characters are in it and that you can play as all of them. So. Um, That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And then he moves on to Bandai Namco. Talked about Dragon Ball Fighter Z. So it seems like a lot of his contacts are in the fighting industry. (laughs) Um, He talked about Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Three of the DLC characters I've heard of include... Now, I'm probably going to butcher these. Is it Broly? Broly, yeah. Broly. Regular Goku. It was noted to me that he does use the Spirit Bomb. And regular Vegeta. Um, it says, this is something I know is going to be highly controversial, and I will get into why further down. Three more characters that I know about, but not their status of launch or DLC, are Bardock, whom I originally heard... Father of Goku. Whom I originally heard would be DLC, but that was only from one source that I have not heard back from. Roditz... Raditz is the brother of Goku. I was told that he'd be DLC by only one source in particular, and Goku Black in his rose form. 
Oh, that's cool. Um, so just kind of giving an idea of who might be some DLC characters for that game. Another announcement that he's, uh, I don't know if he says, uh, oh, he does talk about when it might be revealed. But another announcement from Bandai Namco coming to PlayStation 4, PC, and Nintendo Switch, but no mention of Xbox One, Soul Calibur 6. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's, That's my jam. It That's says, my game. the game should be revealed by the end of the year and make its 21st anniversary. One trustworthy source told me it would be revealed at PlayStation Experience in December. If the Switch version is not announced in a matter-of-fact way alongside it, like multi-platform games do when revealed, typically, you know, at the end of the trailer, it'll say yeah. logos. Uh, he says here, then it should be announced during the Nintendo Direct in January, which has not been announced yet, but he keeps hearing about. So there is going to be a big Nintendo Direct in January. Uh, they always have a big Nintendo Direct in January. Yeah. So they're keeping in tradition there. The source who told me about the Switch version is different from the one who told me of the game's actual existence, I might add. So this is two sources that didn't know about each other confirming the same game to him. Okay, so uh, we're getting full color for six. Yeah. He says here, the person who told him about the, about the Switch version also said that the Switch version will have Link as well. I was going to wonder who'd be the exclusive, but yep. Link makes the most sense. Yep. Uh, it says here, one of the reasons that Soul Calibur 6 was never revealed for its anniversary last year in December, its 20th anniversary, even though they were building up to a reveal even as late as the fall of last year, was because they ran into technical issues that sent the game into a mini-development hell of sorts. The thing I heard that was the cause, or most likely cause, was the implementation of some kind of moveset or style-switching thing in particular, like having multiple movesets per character, weapons even from some... or, or weapons, from my understanding. Since that, since that was not working out how they wanted it to, uh, they decided to send it back into development, delaying the game further until they decided how they could fix it. Um, he says here, some other things concerning the game itself that I know about and can say is that Killick is back and uses his staff moveset again, not the weapon master thing that everyone hated in Soul Calibur V. <laughs> he will have a new rival, too. It says gameplay and mechanically, supers are back, and as far as back as July, there was some kind of universal mechanic like V-triggers. So... Okay. And then he moved on to Nintendo because apparently he has a Nintendo contact that told him about Soul Calibur 6. Says here, there has been pressure towards Game Freak to get Pokemon's eighth generation out in hopes of release next year. If you recall Pokemon Stars, that is, or should I say was now, real. But all it was was Sun and Moon running on Nintendo Switch, used as an engine test demo. Um, so it was never actually a legit thing. It just was a Sun and Moon port that was just running on Switch says here metroid prime 4 should have something revealed with in-game footage next early next year in that nintendo director in january interesting to note here he talked about who's developing the game for nintendo bandai namco Ooh. Uh, but he says he does not know which studio inside of bandai namco is working on the game but the the people that actually worked on uh, metroid as well are working on the game too so like there's it's a collaboration of sorts between bandai namco and nintendo um there is a new Animal Crossing coming to Nintendo Switch, and it will be releasing next year, 2018. Which we all knew. Which, <laughs> which we all knew when they announced Pocket Camp that that was going to be like a companion of sorts to the Switch version, which will be coming next year. Um, it'll probably be announced in January. If it's going to release next year, it'll probably be announced in January. The Switch's virtual console will not be like how it currently is known to be like on the Wii and Wii U. But a version of it is still coming. There is some kind of a subscription model involved this time, which is interesting. 
You know what? They did say that their online was going to have a subscription service too eventually. Yeah. So. so if you could subscribe for like 20 bucks a month and have access to the entire catalog, I think I'd do it. Maybe. Maybe not for 20 bucks a month, but maybe. We'll see. Mother 3 is real and is coming eventually. It says, according to my sources, it was completely localized and playable. The sad thing is I've heard is that, is, is that it is being held back for some reason, which all I know, it has something to do with not knowing which month to release it in. So Nintendo's trying to find the right time to actually release Mother 3. But apparently it's already done and localized. So they're just sitting on it right now, just trying to figure out the best time to release it. Uh, this one here makes me extremely happy. According to one of my sources, Square Enix is doing The World Ends With You 2 exclusively for Nintendo Switch, which The World Ends With You was a fan freaking tastic JRPG. And it was ex- okay? it, was, it was exclusive to Nintendo originally. Are we okay with it being Nintendo exclusive? Absolutely, because it already was. The World Ends With You was a fantastic yeah. exclusive to Nintendo DS that released in July of 20, uh, 2007. And it looks very much so, like Kingdom Hearts. So is it going to be a 3DS game? No, it's Switch. It's exclusive to Switch. I I, I do forget Switch is technically mobile. Yeah, it's exclusive to Switch, but it's a sequel. It's finally a sequel to The World Ends With You 2. And then the last bit of news for Nintendo here is in regards to Blizzard. Blizzard is prepping Hearthstone for the Nintendo Switch. I'm not sure when this will be announced due to the phrasing, but but I heard about this when I was at BlizzCon a few weeks ago. So Blizzard has plans to put Hearthstone on the Switch. Which I think fits really it's, well on the Switch. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. It's a no-brainer. But that's his leaks. That's everything you put on there. So I wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit. And the first thing I want to talk about, obviously, is that Marvel vs. Capcom stuff that we already kind of mentioned. Yeah. I think that's big news, especially with things like Wolverine and stuff being added to the game um, because of the issues with you know that they were having with Fox and all that stuff. So. Yeah, so it looks like it looks like the issue that Sony still persists, but yeah, it, it, um, it clearly does. But yeah, now we're getting mutants back into the game, like like they belong in the first place, which is it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. I, I even I even really like that the fact that Rashid is the uh, the Street Fighter Five character coming over. He was he was probably the best thing about Street Fighter Five. Okay, cool. Um, the next thing I want to mention is Resident Evil Two, the remake. We got that was announced so long ago that I kind of forgot it even existed. Yeah, um, but the the remake for Resident Evil was so freaking good that I am so excited for this remake for Resident Evil Two. Like you have no idea, I am so excited for this game. It's gonna be amazing. Uh, Res- Resident Evil Two is a good game in general, so it really was, and it, this this just makes me so happy. I'm so excited it's still coming. But obviously, the big takeaway there from Capcom is freaking Devil May Cry Five. It's been Dude. rumored for so long. We've got, we've been predicting it for so long. You know, we're just kind of waiting for it to show up. We all knew it was coming. Um, I really just hope that this guy is not full of crap because he did leak Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He linked it on the post, but I mean, like some of these things here could not necessarily be legit. Like even if Devil May Cry 5 is a real thing, there's there's still a chance it might not show up at PlayStation Experience. And if it doesn't, everyone's going to think this guy was full of crap. But it could still show up at like E3 or something. You know what I mean? Like this, the fact, the fact that the one I, what I want to say here is I think we finally have enough conclusive evidence that DMC5 is a real thing. We knew it was going to eventually happen, but dude, this guy's good. Dante, Virgil, and Nero, all playable though. Makes me extremely happy. 
I, I wouldn't even doubt a fourth character, like a, a new character in general. Yeah, who knows? And I mean, speaking of new games, Soul Calibur Six. I am so happy right now. Like, <laughs> I'm so smiling. I thought I, did, I, th- I didn't think that was your favorite fighting game. I, I, I told like you, fighting series. I, I, it's not my favorite one, but it's definitely up there. I told mm. you, this is the one series that my sister would consistently beat me at because That's she is right. Because you suck at this game. I'm great at this game, but she's ungodly when she plays as Valdo. Like, there's just no... <laughs> Valdo in general is just very erratic fighting styles and mm-hmm. very weird. So it's hard to, to play around them. And she just knows how to wreck me every which way. Now, now, what I will say is, I think, besides Mortal Kombat, the fighting series that I've had the most fun with throughout the years has definitely been Soul Calibur. And if Link is indeed the the Nintendo exclusive character when it comes on Switch, I will buy it on Switch, just uh, like just like I bought it on GameCube for Link. I bought it on GameCube um, and played as Link, but I still feel like if they give me someone big for PS4, I might do it. Like you know, it'll be Kratos. I was gonna say it's more likely going to be the new Kratos Longbeard yeah, version. It's gonna, it's gonna be Kratos. <laughs> You know, uh, he makes the, he it, makes the most sense, and it's not there. Was, an Xbox One version was not confirmed. We'll see. You know, uh, I think what was four was the last one I liked. Was that was it was four with the Star Wars. Four had was it five. I don't think it was. I don't, it wasn't five. I don't think. I don't think it was four. Yeah, that, that, that one had Vader and Yoda. That I was pretty so. cool. I think so. That might. I don't remember. It's been so long. I'll, I'll wait for the video. Uh, and, uh, this PlayStation experience. Uh. But yeah, Soul Calibur 6, man, I'm, I'm excited for that. And obviously, the big takeaway from this for me is the confirmation of the new Animal Crossing. Like I said, we all knew it was coming, but there's still a little, you know, voice in the back of my mind saying that Nintendo, you know, doesn't like Animal Crossing as much as we do. <laughs> I don't know why. You could probably print money with that thing. They put, you know, they, they threw a lot of weight behind the Animal Crossing Amiibo. I know. I know. So I know. And the amiibo cards. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, I just really hope that this is a good version of Animal Crossing, because, in my opinion, the GameCube version is still up there as one of the best, and then New Leaf. Yeah. I would say those are the top two Animal Crossings. I would say the one that was on the Wii, City Folk. I wasn't a huge fan of that one. Um. What are some of the other ones? What's the one on 3DS? Isn't that New Leaf? No. What was the one on... The one on DS was my favorite. Let me look. I thought that was... I know New Leaf was the 3DS one. Right? Yeah, New Leaf was 3DS. Wild World is the one you're talking about. Wild, Wild World was great. Wild World I was not a fan of. Really? Yeah, I didn't like it. My, my Wild World... I... It was the best. Yeah. We had had Animal Crossing on the GameCube in 2001. I think one of the reasons I didn't like Wild World is because I didn't want it on a handheld. I wanted it to stay exclusive to, you know, like I wanted it on my TV. And I I thought that 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 still could have made a a good GameCube game because the GameCube was still around in 2005. We didn't get the Wii till 2006, right? Yeah, we got the Wii in 2006. But yeah, with with Wild World, me, and my two sister, two of my sisters, uh, played the hell out of that one. Just go to each other's towns. And- oh, I played it a lot. Don't get me wrong, I played the game, but it definitely it definitely holds the same place in my heart that the original Animal Crossing did. 
And then the version we did get on the Wii three years later in 2008, City Folk, I was really disappointed with. I was not a fan of that one at all. No. And then four years later, we got the one on the 3DS, New Leaf, which I think, like I said, right up there is one of the, like I said, GameCube and New Leaf are the best two in the series for me. Um, and I know people that still play New Leaf to this day, four years later. Me too. When I, one of my little cousins is constantly like, can I come to your town? Can I come to your town? I'm like, I haven't played this game forever. You can pick a thousand weeds. Yeah. If you want to come pick weeds, it's fine with me. <laughs> but then, I mean, we haven't gotten anything since 2012. I mean, we had Happy Home Designer in 2015 on the 3DS. We had Amiibo Festival in 2015 on the Wii U. And then we're getting Pocket Camp on mobile, uh, you know, in next week, at the end of this month. So I, w- I was concerned that, you know, that that's pretty much what we were going to be relegated to because we haven't had a new Animal Crossing in five years. And there hasn't been that long of a gap before in terms of Animal Crossing releases. So I was getting worried. So I'm glad to see that the Switch version is coming. It will be out by the end of next year. And I'm hoping it's a return to form. I'm hoping it goes back to, you know, the GameCube style while, while still retaining some elements from New Leaf and Wild World and things that we like, obviously. Um, but I, I definitely want a more traditional Animal Crossing experience. My girl Mabel misses me. Okay? I make the patterns. I make the people go, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You like to see them villagers walking around wearing your ungodly creations. I make the most horrible things, just, 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 just like ugly, disgusting things. They like vomit, just, just explode them. Like they'll just wear them because you know they'll wear it. You know they'll wear it, and they'll say this is the best thing I've ever seen, and they'll be like, yeah, well, you don't see much. But uh, all right, well, we're gonna move he, he on. Knows me, he, he knows me too well. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna move on to our segment we debuted last week. This is Retro Game Rewind. All right, for this year's uh, Retro Game Rewind, we're going back to 1989. Okay. A year that saw the release of the original Tim Burton Batman movie. That's a good one. And the family classic Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Also good. What a fun fact. Released on the same day. Both of those? Wow. Both. Um, the theaters were no, packed that day, I'm sure. 1989 is the peak of hair metal. Oh, it absolutely was. <laughs> uh, so Skid Row and Extreme both released their self-titled albums. Mm-hmm. And we got this little album from Motley Crue called Dr. Feelgood. Yeah. He's the one they call, Dr. Feelgood. He's the one that makes you feel all right. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be your Frankenstein. Uh, (laughs) And McDonald's attempted to sell the McPizza. Oh, Jesus, I forgot about that. Yeah. So uh, so my game, probably one of the best NES games of all time. You're not going to talk about the McPizza being Italian? Um, Did you eat a McPizza? I was seven years old in 89. I probably had a big pizza. You don't remember, though? That was a long, long time ago. I was three. I didn't have a McPizza. I was hoping you would have been able to tell me how bad the McPizza was. I was seven. I probably don't remember. <laughs> I remember things from, like, 1990 when I was four. Get with the program, man. 97 years old is second grade... Uh, yeah, I remember some stuff from grade. Not that much, though. Okay, anyway. What's so it like getting old? Prob- <laughs> it's not fun, Brian. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, probably one of the best games of all time on NES. Mm-hmm. Definitely has one of the most iconic pieces of video game music attached to it. Ooh, based on a cart. What? I said I'm intrigued. And so it's based on a cartoon. DuckTales. It's absolutely DuckTales. Absolutely. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I got so I actually uh, DuckTales came out in the 89 on the NES the movie sure is got, so good 
<laughs> Moon theme is perfect. And yeah. I like, just close my eyes, I could picture it right away. Absolutely. Uh, so this is, this game was pretty revolutionary in the fact that it gave you the option to play for five different worlds at any... Was it five or five? Yeah, it was five. It was five. <laughs> five different worlds uh, in any order you wanted. And you played as Scrooge McDuck. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Whereas uh, you had his, his cane was your weapon. So yes. you could either Bouncing swing his cane. I, no, no. You bounce. <laughs> Bouncing is the way you do it. Or you can swing it at rocks and throw things. It's just, uh, the game was not an easy game. It was very hard. It was, it, you know, it was just the right amount of difficult. It was hard, but it wasn't impossible. Well, I thought it was. I was younger. I thought it was hard. <laughs> no, no, it's a hard game, but it's not an impossibly hard game. No, it's not, it's not impossible to finish, but it's hard. Uh, but this game also uh, one of the one of the earlier games to have multiple endings. So uh, the, the whole that point of the game is you want to get these five um, treasures. There's actually seven treasures, but you want to get the, the, the five treasures plus the two hidden treasures. Mm-hmm. Because Scrooge Duck wants to once again stay the richest duck in the entire world. Of course he does. Um, it's all about the money. Um, now the whole point Here of the game is the to money. Also, Here we go. is to earn as much money as you can. Yeah. If you earn over ten million dollars, mm-hmm. get all the treasures, and get the best ending. Sure. Most people see the normal ending where you just get all the treasures and you you you're rich. The hardest ending to get. It's almost impossible. You have to get. All five treasures. You don't get, don't get the hidden ones, mm-hmm. and finish the game with zero money. Nice. And if you do that, uh, the, the secret ending is that he goes that you no know, Scrooge Tech went broke, but he's going to rebuild his empire mm-hmm. with the, uh, the these this, these lost treasures. Mm-hmm. But this is a game that me and my sisters played the hell out of. Um, like like Brian said, not an easy game. No, it's not. No, it's not. Um, this is a game that also there was no, to my knowledge, there was no save system here. There was no um, like password system. Yeah, I don't remember there being one. Uh, so yeah, so you had to play it in one whole chunk. Uh, a lot of it, 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 it was definitely frustratingly hard. But I remember when my sister picked the game up, she was like, "Can you help me with this one part? You know, this one part happens to be the boss. Okay, whatever. I'll, I'll fight the boss for you." Right. And then, you know, I go out and I'm playing and I hear, can you come here? I need help. Can you, can you help me with this part? Yeah. Okay, this part's the boss, this part's the boss again. Okay, whatever. I'll, I'll fight a boss for you. Obviously, you know, whatever. It's getting to the point that now, can you help me with this part? Was play the whole damn level for me so I could watch how this game is played. Right. Uh, and, you know, this, this has caused a lot of fights. Like, why don't you just play the game yourself? And then have it, getting yelled at by my mother. This is the reason I picked this game. Getting yelled at by my mother to play the damn game so she could see how the game was ended. Like, <laughs> I, never have I ever been yelled at to play a video game. Right. <laughs> but I, I, I distinctly remember my mother, like, just play the damn video game, beat it so she could see how it's done. I'm like, but mom, I don't want to play this game anymore. I don't like. I want to play Zelda. I want to play this. And then she just ripped. Your, and then she ripped your mask off and. No, she sat me down and made me play this video game. <laughs> I'm playing this game kind of sad. I'm enjoying myself a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, said, I always try to a game to have a, a tied memory to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I was having a conversation with my mother the other day. I was like, "You remember when you made me play Ducktales?" She goes, "She goes, yeah." She goes, "I go, this is your fault that I played so many video games." She's like, "I know. I'm sorry." That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, like Ducktales is a classic game. Right. Uh, it was re-released on the PS3. It was. Uh, with, with a remaster. And it actually looked really good. Yeah, um, I never got a chance to play it. I never got around to playing it. It, it, it looked good. It was a free download. It. It, yeah, I have it. it I just never free. got around to playing it. I do have it. 
I recommend if you're if you haven't beaten the game before, go back and play that version. It definitely it looks nice. Yeah. Uh, they, they also did a pretty good remake of uh, Castle of Illusion that was also free. Yes, it was. I uh, have that too, and I did play through that on PS3. Okay. Um, but like I said, just my my gaming memory is this is the first time I was ever forced to play a game, but not the last. And there's another story for that one for another ep- for, for, for another segment coming mm-hmm. up. But uh, yeah, Be, being being forced against my will. To play, to play a video game, how dare she? Right. No, I, I mean... Can you, I, can you imagine that's your... Can you imagine that's your punishment? Brian, go to your room. And play this game. Play, play, play this game. Play Danganronpa. No, I... Uh, yeah, Danganronpa. <laughs> I, um... I played a lot of DuckTales when I was younger. It was one of the ones that I did have for the NES. Um, but my, my, my big memory with it, I've always been drawn to video game music. And yeah. I just remember how awesome that soundtrack was. Like, it was so freaking good. Oh. I mean, the, the moon theme is probably one of the most covered uh, video game songs out there. It really is. But the, but the whole game itself actually had a good you know good soundtrack to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the characters from the show were there. Right. No, they were. Uh, it, it holds a high, place of high regard with me, but it also holds a deep burning memory that like I don't want to see this game around. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Well, so. we're gonna move on now to good game, bad game. And I, I, I think you have the bad game this week, right? I have the bad game this week, and um, I wanted to keep it a little topical for you. Okay. So this weekend, we saw the release of a new Hollywood blockbuster, The Justice League. Which I've heard mixed things about. I haven't seen it yet. I will be watching it soon. Um, the Justice League has very prestigious members in it. Superman, probably not in this movie. Uh, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash... And a little someone known as Aquaman. Who looks pretty badass in the new Justice League. I'm not going to lie. It is, J- it is Jason Momoa, the guy who played Khal Drogo in uh, Game of Thrones. He, he's a bit of a badass. But I'm going to talk about a game where he was not a bit of a badass. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? There was an Aquaman game released on the GameCube and the Xbox called Aquaman Battle for Atlantis. Oh, I remember. I just didn't play it. No. Not only did I have this game. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I played this game and I was incredibly disappointed. I don't I don't it's, imagine why. <laughs> I mean, if you're a fan of the comics, first of all, this is say right now, Aquaman gets a lot of undeserved flack for being useless and stupid. Um, mainly people basing that off of the Super Friends mm-hmm. Aquaman who really did nothing. Right. I talked I talk to fishes. This one was based more on comic op. Comic book Aquaman, who is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not the coolest, but pretty cool. Uh, but the game itself, oh god, did it suck. Uh, how, how, how to explain? <laughs> for, for one, the story itself, um, like, you, like you, you, normally when you play a game, you have cutscenes and, and voice acting, and no, right. This this just had comic book panels with no 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 words or context, just. Pretty much, it was theater of the mind. Like, here's here, here's some comic panels of what's going on. That's not a bad idea yourself. if it's implemented right, though. That's not a bad idea for a comic book game. Like, that's that's it, cool. It wasn't done right. I'm sure it wasn't, uh, but I'm saying if, if done right, that's, that's pretty cool. Like, I mean, it could still be narrated. It could still be, you know, animated, but not just panels. But yeah, um, I just I, I had to look it up because it was driving me crazy. Like, what, what, what was the average score for this game? Yeah. Um, Nintendo Power gave it a 1.6. They had, they went out of 10, right? They went out of 5. Oh, they so, went out of 5? Uh, game Informer gave it a 2. Out of 10. 
out of 10. Yes. Uh, GameSpot, 2.3 out of 10. Yes, GameSpot. Maximum, 4 out of 10. Um, Team Xbox gave it a 2.3 out of 10. The best score this game got was from GameZone, 4.5 out of 10. Mm, man, climbing up there. Um, I did, I'm sorry, the Village Voice, the, uh, the, the who I turned to for my video game news, <laughs> gave it a 5 out of 10. Um, personal friend Carol score? One, not even a question. <laughs> the game was ugly. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fun. There's nothing. There's no memorable music. There's not a single redeeming factor to this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd give it a zero, but the game is not unplayable. Zero, I reserve for an unplayable game. Right. I think that's how we have it set up on Level Down Games is review score. Zero is like broken to the point that it can't even be played. Yeah. I mean, the game can be played, but you don't. You don't want to play it. <laughs> um, this is one of the. I've never in my life before this ever traded in video games or sold any of my stuff. Mm-hmm. I gladly brought this straight to the counter of GameStop and took like the $2 of the game. Because <laughs> it's worth less than that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, just take the damn game. I hope uh, here's, here's $2. Take it from me. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't recommend even like going out and trying to play this game on, on its bad factor. It's, it's not even that kind of game. Like some games are so bad you want to play. Right. This game is just bad like it's just like there's no there, it doesn't even have that cheesy redeem factor there's nothing redeeming whatsoever i could end this game to the pits of hell i'm willing to say it's worse than tag team wrestling tag team wrestling is a pretty good game in fact Shut that's my good game mouth. no i'm just kidding <laughs> um being that i set the bar so low in fact underwater so low yeah uh, down, down to atlantis <laughs> You could only do better. <laughs> right. And I tried. I looked around. I, I, I definitely had an idea of what I wanted to do to counter your uh, to your bad game there. I, I definitely wanted to stick to the superhero theme that you set. Okay. Um, so I tried. But I also wanted to stick to GameCube. Um, All right. Like in, in that era. So I tried to find something that relates to Justice League that was a good from the GameCube. There just isn't anything. There isn't. At all. <laughs> so I had to go outside of DC. I had to go back to Marvel. So the game I chose, so we got a little DC versus Marvel here for good game, bad game. But the good game I chose is Spider-Man 2. Probably the best Spider-Man game, in my opinion. So far. So far. It hasn't released yet, so we can't count it yet. (laughs) But it does look really good. We're talking about the PS4 exclusive that's coming out next year. The new Spider-Man done by uh, uh, Insomniac Games. That looks phenomenal. But Spider-Man 2, to date, is still the best Spider-Man game to exist. 100% agree. What? Um, Absolutely. I need a question. Yeah. And it was basically like Grand Theft Auto in terms of superheroes. Like, you could go wherever you wanted to go. Just, you know, web-slinging around the city, doing what you wanted to do. It was so an much ac- fun. It was an accurate depiction of the city as well. Yeah, it was. It was It was, It was. was definitely accurate. Um, and it was a big map, too. Like, it was a really big map for the time period. Um, it was good, man. It was based loosely on the Spider-Man 2 movie, but not so much to where they didn't have free reign to kind of do other things and go outside of the realms of the narrative set by the movie. Um, but yeah, man, it was one of the first open world superhero movies or superhero games, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, we would eventually get things like the Batman Arkham trilogy, which blew, you know, open world superhero stuff out of the water. I mean, that that was amazing for the most part until you get to the issues that um, Arkham Knight had on PC. But um, Spider-Man 2, 
I actually own this game, and this was at a time. Do, 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 do you know the revolutionary thing this game uh, innovated for for the Spider-Man games? Wasn't it the web slinging, like moving around the city and stuff? R- real physics. Yeah, isn't that isn't that the same? Like yeah, the, the web. Yeah, it's, 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 it was like yeah, everything was based on real physics. Like it was the first time real physics was used in a superhero game. So you know, if you were to swing, you know, high and land without trying to like do your, you know, right. you, you actually would incur some kind of damage and you would fall in the proper way. Yeah, like it was legit. Right, but yeah, I know that I know it's tied to the web sling. That's why I mean I just didn't remember exactly yes, what it was exactly, called. But yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was, it was like that. Um, but it was good, man. This game was so much fun to play. Like I said, this was at a time where I wasn't a huge fan of comic book hero games because most of them were pretty bad. Yeah. But I, I heard so many good things about Spider-Man 2 after it released that I that I went and picked it up and I absolutely loved playing it. I mean it was so, I still have it sitting on the shelf somewhere. I mean this game is why. <laughs> this game was so good. Uh if you haven't played this, you owe it to yourself to go pick this up. Um no, seriously, probably the best superhero game out there. I'm I'm saying that even not, not even the best Spider-Man game, probably one of the best superhero games out there in general. Yeah. And it was it was actually made by a quality team. This was made by Treyarch. Um, Treyarch, they, you know, they did a lot of stuff leading up to their big break. Um, you know, they did um, they did a game called Die by the Sword. They did the Triple Play Baseball series. They did um, the first Spider-Man. They did Kelly Slater's Pro Surfer. They did Minority Report. Everybody runs. They did Spider-Man Two. Their you know their partnership with Activision has you know influenced their ability to make good games. I mean, you know, the Call of Duty series is phenomenal uh, in terms of of single player, but I mean, it also is the most played multiplayer shooter around yes. even, though, even though i'm not good at it i still recognize that it's good um love me some black ops yeah black ops is good obviously the new world war ii is good but that's not Treyarch. that's sledgehammer um but it just goes to show that uh you know Treyarch's always known what they were doing with with spider-man with call of duty with other things that they've made so they've definitely been a quality studio and i will say if you haven't played spider-man 2 go pick this up it's it. totally worth it. I mean, you could find copies. It's on GameCube. It was on PlayStation 2. It was on the original Xbox. Uh, there was a port to PC. Uh, I would definitely play it one of those two. Um, you know, one of those areas. I wouldn't play it on Game Boy Advance. I wouldn't play it. It came to the end gauge as well. I wouldn't play it on the end gauge. Um, if you could find one. <laughs> I would definitely play it the way it was meant to be played on either GameCube, PS2, Xbox, or PC. Um, but this game is good, man. This game is really good. I say you even fully immerse yourself and you play that awesome Nickelback song from from Spider-Man 2. Just kind of get yourself in the mood. Do you remember the lyrics? What was it? Uh, and they say that's what it was. It was, it was. it was Chad Kroger and uh, <laughs> the original singer from Saliva, Josie Scott. Yes. Yeah. That's who did that song. I couldn't think of the lyrics until you started it, but now I totally remember. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Not really. Uh, We're going to move on to Tabletop Turmoil. And we don't have a huge segment lined up for this week's episode of Tabletop Turmoil. Uh, You don't have anything to talk about. You you guys are still taking your break, like you mentioned last week, until like December second or something like that. So, well, actually, the main group is probably taking a break uh, for, for, for traditional Final Fantasy. That's so right. pro- probably early January. That's right. Um, but I am Final starting Fantasy. a group. You meant traditional uh, Dungeons and Dragons. We're gonna be playing. We're gonna be playing Starfinder, which is D and D in space. You didn't even catch it. You said traditional Final uh, Fantasy. <laughs> In terms of traditional Final Fantasy, I'll play those in January. Um, in terms of traditional D&D until January. Um, right. I am working right now on creating my character for Starfinder. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been official. And I'm a, I'll put a picture up on the Instagram. I am, there, there's a rat race that's, that's, that's playable. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm going to be a luchador space rat. Hmm. Um, probably a luchador space rat bounty hunter because I'm a badass. So why don't you call yourself Rocket Frank Arrow? Well, see, because you're that, you're clearly taking inspiration from Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing there. But I'll, I'll, I'll come up with something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, anything going on special with your? Uh... No, we haven't started playing yet. I mean, I feel like I say the same thing every week. Um, we are desperately looking for a place to play, so we we had anticipated playing at a central location because we're all kind of you know segmented and spread out, um, you know, in in our local area. I mean, you know, there's probably a good thirty to forty minute gap in between where all of us live in terms of uh, you know looking at a map. Some of them are closer to others. But uh, in terms of a central location, we were trying to find somewhere, you know, everyone would just have like a 20 minute drive or so to get to. And we had a couple locations lined up. They've all fallen through. Um, we weren't able to land any of those. Oh, for Kara has an idea. Yeah. You want to tell the story? Is there, no, I won't, I won't tell that story. <laughs> Should I tell that story? Nah. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, do you guys like pizza? Of course. Okay. So you all converge on the Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, man. Okay, because then you can play the game, but you can also go play in the ball pit. <laughs> no, I don't even think we have a Chuck E. Cheese around here. I think the the closest thing we have is CC's. You're, you're all adults. You're not going to be able to enter the uh, the Chuck E. Cheese anyway without a child and a stamp. So you're probably for the best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could. Uh, that would be kind of weird. All of us trying to walk in there. They'd be like. Sir, as you turn around. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll tell a quick little story, a little fun story. Sure. Uh, so the other night, I get I, I work a, a midnight shift. So I get home at, I, get, I get home about one o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and I was starving. I didn't want to cook myself dinner. It's mm-hmm. one o'clock in the morning, probably six. Mm-hmm. So I went to the Denny's. Mm-hmm. Open twenty four hours. Denny's. He said, it's, it's America's Diner. Mm-hmm. Not they, a sponsor. They never awesome. they never close. Ever. Actually, they, they, they closed once the entire time I've been in here. I had friends all wanted to go to Denny's. It was like, oh, we're closed for cleaning. Whatever. Yeah, but they don't uh, close. So what I'm saying is they don't close for holidays. They don't close for nothing. No, no. It's, they, they're there to make some money. Mm-hmm. So I went there and I ordered my food and I looked to my right and there's a group. What the, what's going on? Like 10, 12 people. Mm-hmm. And they're all playing a tabletop game mm-hmm. in Denny's. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they sat there for three hours. I know this because the waitress was quite angry. <laughs> she literally said to them while I'm eating, she goes, are you guys going to order anything? Oh, they didn't even order food? Eventually they did. Oh. Like, they sat there and they were playing Magic the Gathering. Right. They all had their, they had, they had binders and decks and they're playing and they're doing these things. And I'm, you know, like, I was like, that's, that's a great idea. Brian should do this for... <laughs> it is a good idea, but man, you got to order stuff. Like, you got to continuously order stuff while you're sitting there. You can't just order one thing at the beginning or the end and call it good. If you're they sitting take, there... They didn't take one table. They took a whole room. I mean, granted, it's one o'clock in the morning. Sure, so you're, but you're, you're, still. We're not talking high traffic time. But still. But, but yes, but still. If you know, you're, she, if she, you're, she, she has to check on you. She has to, you know, so... Yeah, if you're, you're putting, sitting there for three hours, order food once an hour. Doesn't have to be a lot of food, but like you know, one of you has to order something at least every now and then. Otherwise, drinks. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're just like you know taking up space. But yeah, um, I don't want to make fun of anyone. But no, because that's something I would totally do. 
but they, they, they totally outdid themselves. A lot of them were actually like wearing like like there, there's a cosplay kind of costumey thing. It took it a little far. Um, it, it was it was a little too much for me, but I think it's a cool idea. I think it's, it, it, it's you could do D and D ideally in the nannies. You could, but I don't want to. <laughs> um, more realistically, I would see if one of the local comic book shops. Yeah, we we started we started reaching out to some of the comic book stores here. A lot, a lot, a lot of them have like tables in the back and the what right. you play there. There's, there's just... a local card store that specializes, speaking of Magic: The Gathering, in, in MTG cards and Pokemon cards. Um, we reached out to them, but they hold their own tournaments like weekly, so that we're not sure if they'll actually let us. You know, they'll want to host our games or not. We have some places that we could go. They're just further than like one of our individual houses. Like, there's a place uh, in another town over called the Malted Meeple, which um, is it's like a bar, but you know they have alcoholic drinks, they have non-alcoholic drinks, they have milkshakes, they have food, and you go there. It's five dollars per person to get in, and then once you're there, you don't have to keep paying per hour, but you get your own table. And, um, you know, they have board games that you can play there. Like they have games that are set up there. They have people to teach you how to play if you don't know how to play. But you can also bring your own stuff, too. Uh, so there's, there's places like that, but it's further away than one of our houses. And it would just be easier to go to mm. one of our houses. But, um, no, if that place was closer, we'd totally just go there because that sounds like fun. But, um, yeah, we're, we're still searching for uh, a resolution and a, and a way for all of us to get together and play. I feel like if we wait too much longer, we're going to end up losing a few of the people because I know one of them's moving, like I said. So um, hopefully we can get a game in before the end of November, but it's not looking likely. So maybe hopefully we'll get to start sometime in December. Um, so it sounds like Alfred and Kyle and I are going to need to bust out some board games. So we have something to talk about here for Tabletop Turmoil. I got quite a few. Yeah, in me, fact, uh... me too. We, we, we even play a few over Skype together, so we have something to talk about. We, never we know. actually could do that. So maybe we'll have to do that just so we have some more interesting stuff to talk about. But I think that's going to do it for this episode of Max Level, unless you have anything else you wanted to discuss. I think we said it all, and I think we're all excited for Soul Calibur 6. Man, I can't freaking wait for that in Devil May Cry 5. Um, but we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to this episode of Max Level. If you enjoyed what we had to say and are watching us on YouTube, like, share, and leave a comment down below. If you're listening on either iTunes or Google Play, remember to leave us a rating and a review if you haven't done so already. If you didn't like what we had to say, let us know that too. We always take the negative comments with the positive ones. To stay up to date on all things Level Down Games, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow the main account over on Twitter at OriginalLDG. I'm at Brian underscore LDG. Elfrankaro is at Elfrankaro. We are now on Instagram. I'm at Brian.LDG. Elfrankaro is at Elfrankaro. We can be found on Facebook for general posts and information. And finally, on Twitch.tv slash Level Down Games for all of our live streams. Doing all of these things will ensure that you never miss an episode of Max Level on Mondays. And will also allow you to catch the latest episodes of Game Oracles, our video game trailer show that uploads every Tuesday, BG Mania, a video game music podcast that posts every Wednesday, The Gorgeous Lads of Wrestling, a podcast dedicated to professional wrestling that posts every Thursday, and hopefully I'm in the lead right now, and the Top 10 series every Friday. Plus, you'll be able to see all of our video reviews, unboxings, Let's Plays, reaction videos, and so much more. Of course, all this content can also be found on our main home on the internet, and hopefully yours as well, leveldowngames.com. Until then, we will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Into the great unknown.